Big Seals. 28 days to the start of Eagles and many teams training camps on July 27th. I mean, we're here. This weekend is the 1st of July. Unbelievable. The countdown clock really begins. It truly begins. You know, I heard a couple things on Sports Take, and by the way, Tone is just killing it. Great takes and all. But the gambling conversation and the emphasis that the NFL has had, it's been their biggest drumbeat this offseason has been to gambling. You guys are missing it. No one tells you exactly why the NFL has an ass with game. Do you truly believe? Let, let's just use one of the Eagle players, A.J. Brown. Do you truly believe that A.J. Brown, if he bet on a Colts-Jaguar game, that has any bearing on his game, his career, or anything that he does in Philly? Does that have any bearing on his career? No. Zero bearing. And, and, and for the record, too, say AJ bet on the Eagles to win. Most players in the NFL are not going to bet to lose. Say they say they say they bet to win. Why do you believe that the NFL is nervous about the players gambling? Okay? Why do you believe why do you believe that it's important to the What is the number one thing? What's the number one thing? What what do you think aggravates the NFL the most about the gambling? And why they're so concerned? I have never heard anyone say it. It's so it's so right there. Okay? It's so right in front of you. Why all these peeps get suspended for substance abuse issues, but Trombe, Rogers, Dude, Steve, I'm going to get to that in a minute. It might damage their ability to remain partners with it. Players possibly cheating? JB. Tone and everyone. As some of you know, I worked on Wall Street. And I worked at a firm called Bear Stearns. Michael Milken was part of that firm. And he went to jail for insider trading. What the NFL owners don't want is that the players will have more of an inside scoop than the gamblers. Who better to know who's playing and who's not playing, really? That injury report is for the gamblers. Players will have inside trading information. They talk to each other all the time. AJ talks to Jonathan Taylor. Hey, what's going on over there? Yeah, I may not play, man. I don't know. They got me listed as questionable. Not a chance in hell I'm playing. Well, shit, I'm betting on the Jags to beat the Colts. It's got nothing to do with me throwing a game. It's got, that has zero to do with me. It's insider trading. The Securities Exchange Commission, when I had to get my Series 7, that's the number one thing they watch out for for corporations. Martha Stewart went to jail for that is insider knowledge. 
you, so you, you, um, you're AJ and you call your boys in Tennessee. Not a chance Tannehill plays this week. Yeah, but the Titans have him listed as questionable because what you're trying to do is still get your team that you're playing against the Steelers to still think the kid's going until game day, right? Then it's calls to game day decision, fully knowing well that he's not playing. Insider trading. The players can make a mint doing that. This is about following the money. Well, they'll th- dude, that's the stupidest thing on the planet. Well, players will have inside information and they'll fix games. Come on, dog. You think you're going to go out there on a football field and get your ass broken up for what? One moment and then you ruin your career. Now, and, and get this, in the NFL, most of the time, what? The stiff players that don't make the money don't see the field anyway. A.J. Brown makes $25 million. Hey, if I can make an extra $20,000 in the game, knowing that my boy Jonathan Taylor's not playing, I'll do it. Nothing wrong with that. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. Okay, nothing wrong with that. Owners don't want that kind of power that the players have. Because it nullifies the injury list on Thursdays. Questionable. All of a sudden, you see a lot of the money going towards the Jags. Something must be up. NFL players are putting their money on the Jags. Why? What happened? Players in the league know that Jonathan Taylor's not playing. Or Tannehill's not playing in Tennessee. Okay? It's not point shaving. It's inside knowledge. It's not point shaving. How can a defensive tackle have point shaving? Seriously, how in the world could a right guard have point shaving? A right guard. How could he have point shaving? Where in the world would he have any impact when it comes to fixing a game? Now, I get the quarterbacks, receiver dropping the ball in the end zone. Truly, the only guy that could really fix a game is the place kicker. Okay? He's the only guy, really, because he has the clock and the game in his hand. You put him in a position, him, the kicker's really the only guy that could truly fix a game. Not the quarterback. Guy throws four picks. We must be watching a Kirk Cousins primetime game. Okay? Insider trading. Nobody cares about players making money. They care about the perception of integrity. Are you under the impression, JM, that the NFL has integrity? When you can suspend a player for a year for gambling on a turtle race, or a lacrosse professional game, but you get four games for slapping the shit out of a chick. Integrity? You better put that one away. Don't ever use the word integrity and the NFL in the same sentence. I could get more games for betting on a professional lacrosse game than I can for beating my wife. Oh, integrity. 
That went out the window when they gave the guy in Cleveland a raise. That right there is the number one issue. Integrity. JM, I see what you're saying, too, with your add-on, which might lead to the league not being able to remain partners with the gambling agencies. You mean like FanDuel, right? And MGM bets and those folks, right? You're right. The gamblers would start kind of pushing back from that. Because get this, do we not agree that the players and the owners in the gambling conversation is this, right, JM? It's getting further apart. But the gambling and people like FanDuel, right, JM, are getting closer. The new business partners with the NFL are the gambling and casinos and the networks. The players are now the third partner. Yes, absolutely, JM. Absolutely. The NFL's trying to draw in the gamblers as more of a business partner because that's where the money is. There's billions and billions of dollars bet on the Super Bowl. The players have nothing to do with that, but these gambling houses in Atlantic City and now around the country... On the Indian reservations, now that the Indian reservations now are big partners like in Florida, and now that gambling's legal, whoa, you're trying to draw that extra revenue in. So when I hear old school people talking about integrity of maybe throwing a game, this has nothing to do with that. This has everything to do with servicing a brand new business partner, gambling. Gambling has blown up in the NFL. And the owners don't want the players because you know why? That asshole, D. Smith, collectively bargained the worst deal in the planet for the players. And that thing is set for the next 10 years. And the players will not get a piece of the gambling. You should be collectively bargaining that. And splitting that revenue. No way. This has nothing to do with fixing games. This has nothing to do with fixing games. This is everything to do with another revenue stream that the NFL wants. And because D. Smith put this 10-year collective bargaining agreement intact, the players will not get a chance to benefit from the gambling and the game that they built. That's what this is. And if A.J. Brown finds out that Kirk Cousins is not playing in a game and he's not playing in week 11, that's insider trading where he makes a bet, well, the Vikings are going to lose that game. So petty. So petty. So petty. Okay. JB, the next NFL, I think it expires in 10 years, eight years, something like that. It's the worst deal on the planet. I mean, if the NFL Players Association was as powerful as the NBA Players Association, 
they would boycott. I mean, dude, the NBA, I'm, I'm jealous of the NBA players. They're, they're, they're a powerful group. Dude, they get owners, they get owners removed. Dude, you see when you heard that when LeBron James, hey, how about this when LeBron James went like this? I'm not playing in Phoenix. You're not going to catch my ass playing a ball game in Phoenix. Then you get Chris Paul going. I may not even show up when he was there. All of a sudden, you got people going like this in the the NBA and Adam Silver going, we got to get this guy out of there. When Donald Sterling was found out to be a piece of shit for his racist ways, they removed him. They removed him. That's a strong group of dudes, man. When you could dictate policy. Yeah, Barbara goes, nobody watches the NBA. I'll tell you what, they do in China. Hey, Barb, you may say that in America. Ratings were pretty good this offseason here. But they watch it in Europe. And they watch it in China. And they get a ton of revenue. And by the way, did you see what the NBA just did? They opened up the ability for the Saudis to come in and start investing. Wouldn't shock me in the next five years if Saudi Arabia has a percentage of one of the basketball teams in the NBA. NBA smart, man. But they got to do it with their players. They, the, the, the NBA player, man. Dude, he's guaranteed $250, $265 million. This guy's over a quarter of a billion dollars. Jalen Hurts' contract's not guaranteed. He's got guaranteed money, but 255 is not guaranteed. Again, that's what, hey, and so look at the things, everyone, look at the things that the, N, the NFL has bitched about the most in the offseason. The guaranteed contract in Cleveland and players gambling. They don't want uh, players to have guaranteed contracts, and they don't want you to have a piece of their new business partner. I'm I'm sorry that I have to be the only one that points this out because everybody's in the pocket of the NFL because they're mouthpieces. Just so they can get the key fob and go into those those buildings. That's That's the truth. Integrity. Since when does the NFL have integrity? Yeah, why don't you ask some of the black coaches that don't get opportunities to coach again? Ask him how that Rooney rule works. It's a joke. The Rooney rule. Yeah, like every team practices it. Yeah. How many, hey, by the way, for the record, how many black coaches did um, the Eagles interview after Doug left? How, how, how many? I hate to point that out to you. How many? Did Staley get an interview? Did Eric Piani? Leslie Frazier did? Okay. Oh, okay. So he was the sacrificial lamb. Yeah. Where's Leslie now? Is he in Buffalo, I think? Integrity. I, I heard Tone say something today. So you got a guy in the NFL right now that has basically admitted to being a psychedelic drug taker. This guy is a keynote speaker at a let's get psychedelically high. 
and talking to people and telling them how he takes psychedelic drugs. That's illegal. Against the bylaws of the NFL, you think they're going to suspend Aaron Rodgers for that? Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't Zeke Elliott get a ton of shit because he walked into one of those weed, weed places in Denver when the Cowboys played against the Broncos? Didn't he get a ton of shit for that in a letter and a scolding from the NFL Park Avenue guys? Because he walked into a dispensary in Denver. Didn't he get a ton of shit for that? So Aaron Rodgers, a keynote speaker at a psychedelic, admitting that he's a drug taker of illegal drugs. And yet this guy's team is going to be on hard knocks. And he's going to be in primetime games. Okay. How in the world does he not fall on, on the NFL's suspension list and automatic drug taking list now? How does Aaron Rodgers not have to go into the NFL protocol for drug testing? How, how is he not being demanded that he takes a drug test now? In random drug testing. He's admitted to taking illegal drugs. He's admitted to taking illegal mushrooms, smoking weed. How is he not in the drug policy? You'll kick Josh, you'll kick, you, you'll kick Josh Gordon out of the league. And you'll suspend dudes. Hey, I'll tell you what, man. You could smack the shit out of Mary Jane, but you just can't smoke her? Or wait, some can. Talk about hypocritical. I don't know what the policy is anymore. Okay? So, that's a good... So, Barb, so Aaron Rodgers is above the NFL's drug policy, but another player who gets busted for smoking weed is not or takes mushrooms or Coke? He, he's... Boy, you talk about systematic justice. No, not you, you. No, you, you. No, no, not definitely not you. You. So how do you know that the gambling policy is fair? If you can't get the drug policy fair, how do you know the gambling policy is fair? Are they just winging it? Boy. <laughs> There's no... Dude, when you tell me Roger Goodell's a good leader, he is. You know why? He runs confusion and interference for those guys. He's the greatest... Sword swallower of all time. This guy doesn't fall on the sword. He swallows it. He's great at it. All these issues, because you have a shitty union, you can't, yeah, you can't have a conversation about it. Bears goes, Dan, nobody in the chat thinks players should be able to gamble on NFL games. I don't give a fuck about that. I don't give a fuck what they think. I care more about fairness here to the players. And that's not fair. I don't care. So, because you know why I don't care? Because at the end of the day, you're not being and serving justice for all. 
if you had a rule that says conduct detrimental to the league will not be tolerated anyway, Deshaun Watson should have never played again in the history of the league. With all the, hey, I'm under the belief of O.J. Simpson who cut his wife's head off. If he got acquitted, I think the NFL will put his ass back on the field. 2000, say O.J. had that 2,000 rushing yard season in 73. Cut his old lady's head off in the offseason. And he was acquitted. Do you think the Bills would put him back on the team? I do. Here, here's something else to think about. So Nate Newton is a six-time NFL Pro Bowler with three Super Bowl rings. And he can't get a sniff of the Hall of Fame because he got busted with pot in his car. And yet you got a, you got a quarterback in New York going around saying that he's a drug head. I mean, Aaron Rodgers could be a cokehead right now and the league won't do a thing to him. But Nate Newton can't get a sniff for the Hall of Fame. Six times, he's got more Pro Bowls than Lane. This guy's got more Pro Bowls than Lane Johnson does. I think he's got just as many Pro Bowls as Jason Kelsey. And he's got two more Super Bowls than both guys. Nate's all, that's right, King. Nate Newton's a clear Hall of Famer, but he had weed. Aaron Rodgers is going around the NFL. That's my problem with everything I'm saying here. It's not whether or not you think gambling should be on the side of the players. It's that they're systematically picking and choosing which player that they want to come down on or not come down on. That's not justice. That's not collectively bargaining a deal that benefits all 1,600 players. There is such a lack of leadership at the NFL Players Association. Okay? Such a lack of leadership. All these, all these issues here. All these issues. There's such a lack of leadership. NFL owners are like a lawnmower right now. They run right over the players. You ever notice, really, that it's starting to trickle down now a little bit to the other positions? The only guys in the NFL getting paid now are wide receivers and quarterbacks. You're starting to see DTs get paid. Edge rushers get paid too. Running backs are, they're, they're, they're almost extinct. I mean, these guys are like the saber-toothed tiger now. Why? Well, because guess what? Running back position is not a flashing position. It's not an instant score position. Wide receivers add flair to the game. Running backs don't. Okay? Gambling, integrity. (laughs) Since when does that matter to the... Why should the players have the integrity that you're looking for, but the owners don't? Why? You got a pill-popping owner... In Indianapolis, you had a racist, sexist owner in Washington, D.C., of all places. 
Jerry Richardson was a misogynist in Carolina. Jerry Jones has had numerous situations where people questioned. This guy's at an Arkansas rally as a young kid, not allowing blacks into a university. Oh, it's Jerry. Oh, okay. He was young. Okay. He made a mistake as a young... Okay. <laughs> okay, I guess. Don't let a player do that, like Drew Brees make a comment about standing for the flag because he dis... He disagrees with Kaepernick. He's a racist. Oh, I see. Uh, and, and Drew, with a disingenuous apology, had to. Guy did so much after Katrina for all races. Supported everybody. Went down, he and his wife put $5 million into the community to try to get people up on their feet. That didn't matter. And whether you agree with Kaepernick or not is not the point, and I'm not debating that. I'm debating there should be some standards here. This thing that just came down with affirmative action from the Supreme Court, so you think that really helps minorities? Why in the world would Harvard go into the inner cities and take poor families and put them in their universities? They look for the rich people. That's going to favor white rich people. Affirmative action was just as awful and stupid, though, as the Rooney Rule. Rooney Rule was actually affirmative action. Has that worked, too? Come on, man. Not to put, again, you think really universities are going to go, yeah, you know, I'll take that black kid from Washington, D.C. or Philly. How, how much money does his parents have? None. Uh, it ain't working. Yeah, you know, it costs like $90,000 a semester to go to school at Harvard. How many inner city families have that money? White or black? Let's do something here that was great. Jason Kelsey. How come every time I bring that guy's name up, it's always in a great moment? So he raises 100 k for the Eagles Autism Foundation. <laughs> man of the people, man. Way to bring things full circle around to in the good groove. That guy puts you in a good groove. Okay? That puts you in a good groove, man. Awesome. He puts you in such a good space. With all the shit that I just said... All you got to really do, am I right, is just go Jason Kelsey. Puts a smile on your face. And you know what? He, he lifts you up and lifts his team up with his actions and how he acts and who he is. Must be tough to be him. You know why I say that? Because he doesn't look like a guy that's guarded. He just doesn't look like a guy. But he's got to have some guardrails somewhere. Because his time has got to be one of the most demanding in Philadelphia. Dude, he is, he, he, he is a godsend. Keon Gosil's man crush. Absolutely. Character and great. How many times do you have those collide? How many times do you have that? Okay. 
How many times do you have that collide? Great and spectacular guy. This guy right here, that collided with. I've never met a person better than Leroy Selman. Greatest man I have ever met in my life. And you know what? He was one of the greatest players in the history of the sport. He's the greatest 34 end in history. Bill Belichick and me, Joe Green, said there's not a better 34 player in the history of the sport than Leroy. And he was one of my closest friends. And man, do I love that man. Well, that's right. Tone, Jason Kelsey's like this guy. It's just uncommon. Just uncommon to see. You're, you're like this. You know, when, when, when Leroy used to leave my studio, I used to go like this. You guys don't understand. It's kind of listen, like listening to uh, Brandy Graham to a little bit. And he, he, it's like, man, that guy's such a nice guy. But, man, he's a terror on the field. I used to say that about Leroy. I go, that guy was unblockable. He was unblockable in college, and he was unblockable in the NFL. He's one of the very few guys that are on both all-time teams. This guy's an all-timer, but he's an all-time man. <sighs> was an athletic director at USF. I used to help him. God, man. Just a great dude. One of the greatest. Mm. Travis Kelsey, too, man. He he really, he reminds me of that. Okay, he does. He re he, he he reminds me of that. Sills, were you just defending the Rooney rule? Absolutely not. The biggest joke on the planet. Absolutely not. It's NFL's code for affirmative action. You know what they do? They get up some sacrificial black coaches every year, circle them around the team so they can hire their white guy. Rooney rule. Didn't it, did, did, didn't, it, didn't it make sense to you the only place that Brian Flores could work last year was Pittsburgh? Didn't it make sense? Now, now we're, by the way, we're going to talk about Minnesota here because we talked about the Patriots in week one, Vikings in week two. I'm going to do that here in a minute. Okay? Okay, I mean, yeah, Deuce was... They had, they had to interview, interview Deuce, who knew full well he wasn't getting a job. But you know what people tell him, like Tony Dungy? At least get in the system. Yeah, how'd that work out for Biennemi? Right? Or Raheem Moore. You, you, see, this is what happens with black coaches in the NFL. It's not that they don't get an opportunity. They don't get a second opportunity. They don't get second opportunities. It, that's how they get you. You think David Culley's ever going to get a job again? Dude, really? <laughs> and by the way, so you fired Jim Caldwell. And last year was the best record that the Lions had since Caldwell was up in Detroit. And, and you know, I mean, Lovey had a winning record his final year. Brian Flores turned down around the Miami Dolphins. These guys ain't getting second opportunities, not for a while. Raheem Morris is still the D.C. and the Rams. He's won a Super Bowl already. How come he's not in the mix for head coaching jobs? 
I'm sick of I'm sick of that. And sick of bringing that up because it's so obvious. And the NFL goes around telling you that they believe in diversity. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh wait, integrity. Let me ask you this: the hiring practices of the NFL. Do you think they have integrity? Does anybody think the NFL hires with integrity? You're worried about gambling. Well, you know, we don't want the players and integrity of the game. <laughs> you know why there's not more opportunity for black coaches in the NFL? They limit them in position coaches and OCs. And there's no general, there's one general manager. How many coordinators are African-American? Okay, how many, how many coordinators? Both coordinators in, in Philly were white last year. Okay, let's look at the Minnesota Vikings. Week two opponent. Give me an overview on how you look at the Minnesota Vikings. Give me an overview. Give me an overview. How do you, when you guys think of the Minnesota Vikings, what's your takeaway from them? What would you, what would you, how would you categorize Minnesota? Where are they in the hierarchy in the NFC this year? Going into, look at Jack. Talented but soft when it matters. Wow. Um, Vikings hemorrhage all their weapons except JJ. Just stop Justin Jefferson. Need a quarterback to get to the next level. Kirk Cousins at night. <laughs> a team that can score with anyone, but just can't get away and get out of their own way. Going to fall off. I look at the Vikings that had a lucky year last year. That won't happen this year. They've been winning games up there, Barb. That's that. I don't know, Barb. They they win. Can't win big games. Let, let me let me get into my my synopsis on them. Let me let me get into my takeaway and how I see the Vikings. Minnesota has gone through the last. You you, you know what. Ziggy Wolf, the owner of the team, has done. They've go, they've moved away from Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer, and they've done this all on the fly, and they're winning. I think it has a lot to do with the NFC, and I think it has a lot to do with the NFC North. Minnesota in 2022 did those changes. And in 2023, in the offseason here, they've done – some changing inside the roster here, too, in Minnesota. Again, week two opponent. Kevin O'Connell and Wes Phillips will once again run the offense. Offense is pretty potent. It's a potent offense. On defense, Ed Donatel's out, and they've brought in uh, Brian Flores, who I think is in a massive upgrade, probably their biggest upgrade move 
that they made in the offseason here. Okay. Um, in 2022, the Vikings were eighth in scoring. That's pretty sensational when you're inside the top 10. I, I think that's a good number. And they're sixth in passing. Obviously, a lot of that's got to do with um, Justin Jefferson. Adam Thielen's gone. So they bring in that kid, Brandon. I can't think of his name. Brandon Powell? Is that his name? I think they bring him in. Plus that Jordan Addison kid they drafted out of Southern Cal who played at Pitt and started his career at Pitt. But what for the life of me, I just don't understand because of $10 million, you felt you had to move off of Dalvin Cook. He's 28 years old. He was productive last year. Yeah, I can't think of the last kid's name. Um, that the branding kid that's they brought a guy in. I forget his last name. Forgive me here. Um, that you move off of Dalvin Cook. I don't get it. 1100 yards, not a ton of carries. He's been productive like five years in a row now. He's got a thousand yards. What did he do wrong for you not to think he was an integral part of what you're doing? You've just now made it incredibly difficult. I know, hey, there's a running back up there right now that they're in love with. He's a young kid. Okay? He, he's a young kid. Dalvin is not wearing down. That's an absolute bullshit comment. Guy averages two. The guy averages almost as many carries as Jalen Hurts does. 200 carries a year he averages. You're out of your mind. It's not a ton of carries. And he's had... Like four straight years or five straight years of a thousand yards. It's not true. It's a bullshit comment. It's 28. Zeke's out of gas. And that's right. Jay, one of the worst offensive lines in the National Football League. Dalvin Cook plays behind that Eagle offensive line, which we're going to talk about in a bit here. That that guy's a 1,700-yard rusher. Okay. So to me, again, it just doesn't make sense. There, there's, there's conversation potentially about Zeke being looked at as a potential guy that they add in Minnesota. Why? I just, I just don't see it. Why would you add that? The guy has nothing left. And he's been systematically going downhill ever since. Behind a pretty good offensive line, too. Just doesn't make sense. Justin Jefferson, the Eagle man, is special. I'm going to start calling him the Eagle. Justin Jefferson, the Eagle. I don't know why. <laughs> Remember what I told you, Tone? <laughs> Justin Jefferson. So every time I say Eagle, you'll know it's him. Okay? He's just a special player, man. He, he really, unbelievable. Now you put Jordan Addison on the other side too. I think they're going to have maybe a potentially a pretty good looking offense up there. But they've got to be better on defense. And especially at the cornerback position. Okay? They've got to be. Hey, Keon. <laughs> Eagle special, isn't he, man? 
he's but maybe I should call him Howie Jefferson. <laughs> ah, hey Howie. So so let me get this right. Let me get this right. Um, Jalen's his greatest pick and his greatest failure is Justin Jefferson. Okay. <laughs> uh, Howie Jefferson. Mm. So in closing, I'd say this about the Vikings. 11 win team. Um, I, I'd like to, I want to see Detroit and what they're going to do and how they're going to play against Minnesota. I think everybody, a fantasy pick all year in the offseason has been that the Lions have been one of the favorite picks of everybody that they're going to win the NFC North. I still think you got to knock that team off. And Minnesota can play, man. The question marks are going to be on the defensive side of the ball. They were really good in turnovers last year, as they were the year previous. They get the ball down the field. They score a ton of points. But again, like you said, they're all, can, can I say, they're almost a version of the Cowboys. They just don't play big in big games. Them and the Cowboys are the same. They don't play big in big games, Minnesota. That's got to change. Hey, by the way, I've said this comment to you before. What's different from Kirk Cousins and Dak? What's the difference? One plays in Dallas? Is it Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins? Okay. Hey, Rocksteady, Justin Jefferson isn't just anybody. He just isn't anybody. You took a dude from TCU where have had no success at the wide receiver position in the NFL ever. Wide receiver position at LSU has been amazing. So you know that those rooms at LSU are gifted and talented. That's Brian Kelly why he left Notre Dame. You don't draft from TCU. Quarterbacks or wide receivers. I've never heard of one. Never. You know why? They don't make it in the NFL. Nobody plays defense in the Big 12. What kind of corners do you have in the Big 12? Got wide open lanes, wide open space. Any like the SEC, you're going against the best players in the country. Patrick Sertan, who's one of the top corners. You're playing against dudes like that. Take a guy from TCU is like taking a guy from North Dakota State. Wait, you've done both. Think of that. Every quarterback that's come out of North Dakota State is sucked. Every player that's been in the NFL in North Dakota State is sucked. And, uh, and all, but but hey, not in Philly. Okay. So again, Minnesota. I think Minnesota. I think Minnesota's going to have another good year, but dude. Once again, you got to win big games, guys. You got you got to win big games. All right. I want to. I I get two topics here. And before I get into the Jalen Hurts topic, where's this? Here. Tell them, I, I heard you guys kind of talking about this, and I want to broach it a little bit. 
I'm going to say this to you guys about the 2017 Philadelphia Eagles offensive line. And I'm going to do it. And I know the Super Bowl had a replacement at left tackle for Jason Peters. So I know there was a different guy that was stepped in there for Jason Peters when he got hurt. And here was the starting lineup for the Philadelphia Eagles. Jason Peters, Stefan Wisniewski, Jason Kelsey, Brandon Brooks, who was a pro bowler, by the way, and Lane Johnson. Here's the Dallas Cowboys 1992 offensive line. Mark Tune, Kevin Gogan, Mark Stebnoski, Nate Newton, and Eric Williams. I think these are the two best offensive lines in the last 35 years. Dominant. And, and quite frankly, there's three Hall of Famers on this 17 team. Peters, in my opinion, and Kelsey are first ballot Hall of Famers. Lane Johnson's probably a second or third because of the right tackle um, designation that's on him. And it'll be looked at by voters. I know you don't want to hear it, but he'll probably be a third ballot because of the right tackle. If he's a left tackle, he goes in on the first ballot because he's right tackle. Whether he's the most dominant right tackle in NFL history, it won't matter. It won't matter. It's how some of these, it's how all the voters, I told you, and I know how they vote. I put together every single year. Okay. And I'm on, I'm on panels for 30 of the NFL voters and I know how they vote. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I know there. I know there was a replacement. I know he missed the remaining part of the season. I went back and read the story. I I know that. I'm talking about this 17 line with him on it though, and Peters being part of the Eagles for a long period of time and playing just not the 17 team but multiple years. I I, I get it. Um. Nate. Martune will never see the inside of a Hall of Fame. He did make two Pro Bowls. Kevin Gogan had three Pro Bowls. He'll never see the inside of a Hall of Fame unless he's buying a ticket. And I love Kevin Gogan. March Debnuski, five Pro Bowls. Kelsey, six. Who's better? I played against Mark. Stepnowski or Kelsey? Stepnowski or Kelsey from that 92 Cowboy line? Who's better? Wow. And by the way, for the record, Stebnoski played guard in college and center in the pros because he was too small. Okay. So he moved from guard to center where Kelsey was a natural. Okay. That, he was a natural center. 
That's a good one. I'm going to say Kelsey. Man, I didn't think that would be that difficult. 92 Cowboys, Tune Gogan, center Mark Step. Here, watch this. Peters, better than Tune. Brooks, is he better than Gogan? Brandon Brooks, better than Gogan. Actually, no, excuse me, Wisniewski. Gogan's better than Stefan Wisniewski. Okay? The center position. I'm going to go Kelsey. Here's why. Jason Kelsey gets up on second and third levels. I don't really think Mark did as well a job at that. I think he was really aggressive. Mark was really good. He had to learn it, though. Kelsey is great at slipping and scooping up on the backers and getting downfield. He's exceptional at that. I quite frankly have not seen a center do that since Dwight Stevenson. So I would have to say that pure dominance, both guys are real close when it comes to just one-on-one -on -one blocking. I think it's probably harder to beat Kelsey on a pass rush than it is Mark because Mark's shorter. Mark's around 6'1 and a half. Kelsey's like 6'3, six, 6'2, six, somewhere in there, 6'2 and a half. Um, and I don't think Mark was 300 pounds. Mark was more like 275, so you could you could you can lift him. And you can get him up off the ground if you get his feet moving. Kelsey's a wider based guy. He uses his hands more. He keeps you separated too. But really, where he where, where his strengths are, Jason Kelsey, is that he gets up down the field. And you know what, too? Something else that's really great about him compared to Stabnowski. Mark was a great player. Five-time Pro Bowl. There's nothing to sneeze at at center. But what makes Kelsey so great is his effort. His effort downfield. He never quits on the play until the whistle. Every single play that Jason Kelsey, there's a play call for him, he goes to the whistle. You know, it's one thing to hear a coach say, go to the whistle. Not every player goes to the whistle, especially if it's not front side to you or, the, you know, your backside of a play if you're a wide out or what have you. Um, Bart Oates was good, but I think Wisniewski, I mean, I think Stepnowski and, uh, and Kelsey are, 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 Brad was good, especially in the dominant offensive line that ran the ball the way the Giants did back in the day. Kevin Mawai was exceptional. Mawai's in the conversation with, with Stebnowski and Jason Kelsey. So I, I would say both of those kind of guys and Mawai. Kevin Mawai probably in there too. Mawai's in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Plus, remember, Sil, Stebnowski never had to do shotgun snaps. Absolutely true. That's a great point. Philly 4 for 4? That's right. Troy Aikman never went out of shotgun. Why? Well, you had Emmett Smith back there. You're not going to go out of shotgun. Why would I take the number one element away from my team, which is running the ball, by putting my quarterback in shotgun? They, the Cowboys never 
The Cowboys never played out of a shotgun because they played with a fullback and a running back in an eye formation. You're not going to have shotgun formation unless it's third and eight or something like that. And you're probably, maybe you would do something there, but you're right. I don't ever remember Stepnowski having to do shotgun. And what makes that so hard is snapping the ball, getting it back. And if you see, when you put a guy in shotgun, I'm going to put a guy like Aaron Donald on my center. I'm going to line him right up. You got to, because remember this, when you're, that's a really great point, four by four. That's a really great point. So you got a center like Kelsey who, who goes in shotgun, snaps that ball back, and it's his hands through it, and he's got to get that hand up. And basically, before you get that hand up, you got to block Aaron Donald. Donald's got that hand slapped, and you're doing it with one hand, and you got to quickly get that hand back out. And what happens? You usually give up the shoulder, and he's around you. That's why Aaron Donald, man, shotgun centers, you're going to line Aaron Donald up in a one technique, and I'm going to go to town on you if you can't get that ball back quick enough. That's why you see poor centers sometimes with missed snap counts, um, moving the ball, because you're trying to get an advantage on these big-time guys like Fletcher Cox. Dude, you put a guy like Fletcher Cox on Mark Stepnoski or any of these other guys, and they don't get that hand up in time, Fletcher's 330 pounds, man. He's going to put you on your bonnet. That's a tough play. That's an absolutely tough – that's an elite play that you have to do when you're a center. That's not as easy as you think. And most of the time when you're snapping it in shotgun, you're snapping it blind. You look down, you look down, and then you got to look up, and you're snapping it blind. <laughs> okay? It's really – so Kelsey gets it over Stebnoski. Brandon Brooks is not Nate Newton. He's a good ball player. He's a good ball player. But Nate, Nate's a Hall of Famer. He just had a drug issue. Get this, in his, in his post-playing career, that should have no bearing on Nate. You know what? When Jason Cole comes on today at 530, I'm going to ask him, why is Nate Newton not brought up? He had no drug issues when he played. And it was after the fact, and he's a six-time Pro Bowler. You know, there's lesser guys that have gone into the Pro Bowl or into the Hall of Fame with lesser Pro Bowls than Nate. And Nate's got three Super Bowl rings. Okay? Nate's got three rings, made the All-Madden team numerous years, and he's a six-time Pro Bowler. Okay? So... Nate's better than um, Brandon Brooks. Lane Johnson or Eric Williams. Wow. Both four-time Pro Bowlers. Who's a better right tackle, Eric Williams or Lane Johnson? And for the record, Eric Williams has three Super Bowl rings. I'm going to ask the question. I'm going to ask all these questions to Jason. Eric Williams has four, four Pro Bowls, and Lane Johnson has four Pro Bowls as the right tackle. Who's the better tackle? Wow! I didn't think Stepnoski and Kelsey would be that hard. This is even hard. Eric Williams or Lane Johnson? Whew. 
man, Eric Williams was good, man. He was really dominant. He was a dominant guy. Eric Williams is from Philly, too? Who's better, Eric Williams or Lane Johnson? I'm trying to determine who's the best. This is really close. This is for the best offensive line in the last 35 years. By the way, I think Eric Williams is a Hall of Famer. Man. Both big, physical, both athletic, both. Eric, I thought, had a nastier way about him. Lane is so athletic. I think Lane, listen, I think Lane is more athletic, and I think Eric had more of an attitude. I think Lane's more patient. Eric's more aggressive. They're almost two completely different type of guys, but yet got the same result. One guy, man, hard to beat. Great in the run game. Was instrumental in the offense, running the ball with Emmett. Now, Emmett solidified everything and made these guys look even better than they were. But they're, they're very this is a this is this is a hard exercise. That just shows you how great that 2017 offensive line was. Okay. That just shows you how how great that 17 line was when you're comparing it against the first offensive line in the Cowboy Dynasty run. Flyco Sills, you got to make a decision. Lane or Eric? Man. I'm going to ask Jason this too. I think Eric Williams, I think Eric Williams could affect Lane Johnson's Hall of Fame stat, status. Hey, Dan, can't believe I missed it. Big George yesterday. I'm a huge boxing historian. Foreman could crush bones with his jab. Thank you so much, Mark and Dan. Hey, the interview's right there for you, too, on, on Jacob Sports. I hope you get a chance to, um, to go back and watch it because we had a little bit of connection issues on his end, but, you know, George... Anytime you get Big George Foreman on, thank you so much, man. You know, hey, you want to hear something? Hey, Tone, you want to hear something crazy? So Mike Missanelli texts me, and he goes like this. How in the hell did you get George Foreman on? And I, I'm, I'm like, hey, Mike, for every 20 people I know, you got 20 people I don't know. And he goes, yeah, but George Foreman. And I go, I, I get it. <laughs> I get it. So thank you, Marky. Um, boy, Eric Williams did punish people, Ray. He surely did punish people. Oh, man. If I had to draft one of these players, Eric Williams, Lane Johnson, both four-time Pro Bowlers. Hey, 
Eric's not in the Hall of Fame. Does that affect Lane Johnson? It might, because if I'm struggling with this, so are the 50 voters going to struggle with Lane. How do you put Lane in when Eric came first and he's not in? And he's got three Super Bowl rings. And no one off that offensive line in Dallas that blocked for Emmett, Troy, and Irvin are in the Hall of Fame. How could you have the greatest line in the history of the league with no Hall of Famers? Now, Eric Allen jumped in in the back end and on that last Super Bowl team. So there's a point there where you can go Eric Allen's in. Okay? How is he not in the Hall of Fame? So... Man, I don't. I'm going to take Lane. Hey, hey, uh, Tone, can you do me a favor before I go to timeout? What, what round was Eric Williams drafted in? Okay, what what round what round did he get drafted in, Eric Williams? I know I know Lane was in a top five pick. Okay, I, I watch this. I bet you I bet you Jimmy found another guy. Third round. I was a higher draft pick. He was a third rounder. Another Jimmy Johnson. Gem, you found Eric Williams in the third round. Nate Newton was an undrafted free agent because he was a USFL guy. Stepnowski was like a second or third rounder. Gogan was a late rounder, and Tune was a free agent. Wow. If I, I'm going to go lane. I'm going to go Lane by a Ritz cracker. He, 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 boy, I, I tell you, man, that's a great debate there. What line now, now, before I go to timeout, what line is better? Okay. The 17 Eagles or the 92 Cowboys. Eagles or Cowboys O-line? 92 Cowboy line or 17 Eagles line? Wow, look at Quan, 92 Cowboys. Not by a lot though, Quan, right? Maybe the Cowboys? JM's like Cowboys face tougher defenses. This is a great exercise. I think these are the two best old lines I've seen in 30 years. And I know you had a replacement at left tackle for the Super Bowl because Peters got hurt. Reggie, that's right, JM. 
that 92 team had to go against the gang green guys, right? That's right. They had to block Reggie. I got to think the Cowboys 92. I thought the 17 Eagles, but here, Tune two Pro Bowls, Gogan three Pro Bowls, Stebnowski five Pro Bowls, Nate Newton six Pro Bowls, Eric Williams four, Peters nine Pro Bowls, missed a lot of that year, Brooks made the Pro Bowl, Kelsey six Pro Bowls, Wisniewski, I think after the, if I'm not mistaken, Help me out on this. I think Sayamalo had won the job, but after week one, they put Stefan Wisniewski in. It, it, does that sound right? Does does that sound right? I think Sayamalo was going to start the season at guard, and then Stoutland pulled him, and then they put in, then they put in Wisniewski, and he went the rest of the season. I could have swore. I could have swore it was that way, Tone. Like, like Sam Malo started that year, if I remember right. And it's funny. I can remember shit like that, but I can't remember my own phone number in my phone. <laughs> yeah. Okay? I, I can't even remember my own phone number. But I remember a guy in, 19, in 2017 that started the season, got yanked after week one. And then they they took they took Samalo out and they put Wisniewski in. Okay, talk about being stupid. I'm the king of it. All right, hey, I have a Jalen Hurts comment. It's about validating the kid. Okay, do me a favor, please. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit. And the hits. Go for the stakes. And the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? 
yes really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, I go to left, got fake them up. Mama, go up, mama! She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. This guy's got a big mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Guys know who I am yet? Come on, this is Houdini. Come on, this is an impression. You guys should know who this is. (laughs) Michael Parsons says he's a lion. I'm a (laughs) lion. My ex-wife. That's my wife, too. Michael Parsons goes, hey, you know you see a lion in the zoo. Okay? You can come over and see him. Come on over. You can check the lion out. I'm the lion. I'm going to roar this year. <laughs> Holy shit, shut your freaking hole, kid. Are you kidding me? I'm the lion. Everybody fear me. This guy talks so much shit and is half the player his game is. Dude, I swear to God, man. That guy is the corniest dude and the dumbest dude I've ever seen. Dude, do you know what made Reggie White so frightening? Watch this. Dear God, I pray for everyone. Lord is great. Lord is wonderful. Lord, thank you for all the things. And you're like, holy shit. 
this guy's going to kill people today. And he's praying to Jesus Christ right now. And you're watching this guy, a six foot six preacher. And Reggie's going, Lord, I am a follower of you. I love you, Lord. I love Billy Graham. You're like, oh, my God, this guy's going to kick the shit out of the Washington Redskins today. <laughs> Man, dude, you watch Reggie do a prayer, a prayer sermon, and you're, you're watching this going, and he's going to turn around on Sunday and kill someone. <laughs> dude, man, he, that's right, Greasy. This guy was a tsunami, man. This guy's talking to you about saving souls, and he goes out there and takes them on Sunday. Hey, Tone, you see, here's the difference between Reggie White and a preacher. This guy's talking about saving souls. Monday through Saturday, on Sunday, Reggie took souls. <laughs> Reggie took your soul on Sunday. You know, I, all that stuff I was saying, Monday through Saturday, you know, Sunday comes, I'm taking some souls. <laughs> I hear you. <ya. laughs> that guy took souls, dude. Frightening. You got a preacher kicking the shit out of everything that lived. Holy God. Lord has given me a mission. What's that mission, Reg? To save souls and take them on Sundays. <laughs> Man, that's a frightening guy. Because you're like, I don't know what the hell he's doing. <laughs> and this guy over here, Parsons. Here, here's Michael Parsons. <sighs> I'm a lion. Yeah, well, some games, you're a kitty cat. You're a little pussycat. <laughs> You ain't no lion. Hey, Michael Parsons, you a pussycat. You ain't no lion. He's going around telling people he's a lion. Hey, Micah, you're a pussycat. Little pussycat, you know, drinks a little milk out of little, little saucers. You put it out there for the wildcats. Nice bowl of water. Little saucer of milk. Michael Parsons, when he comes to the link, he ain't a lion. He's a pussycat telling me that he's going around telling people he's a he's like we got we got another idiot in the nfc east coming up here too okay <laughs> all right sales parsons compared dallas's defense in 2000 <laughs> yeah okay mm -hmm. sure you mean the one that brock purdy took out so Brock Purdy took – you think Brock Purdy could take out the Ravens' 2000 defense? Dude, the Cowboy defense was not better than the Eagle defense last year. Not close. Okay? No way. 70 sacks? What is he – he is a big shit-talking pussycat. Absolutely. It may be closer this year. Dude, he is a shit-talking – he's got a – you know what? He's the closest thing they got to Michael Urban, but at least one thing with Urban, he won three Super Bowls. I'm a lying little pussycat. I might even tweet that out. This guy ain't no lying. Okay? This guy ain't no lying. You kidding me? He's Sylvester the cat. <laughs> he's Sylvester the cat. He's Garfield. That's who he is. He ain't no lion. Michael Parsons is Garfield. 
I think I will tweet that out. Hey, dude, you ain't. Remember, he goes back and forth with me, too. Yeah, I know that you that you talk shit to me. <laughs> dude, you're Garfield the cat. <laughs> you know, flying. This guy thinks he's like king of the jungle. That's what he's saying. He's king of the jungle. Dude, the guy in Philly was more productive and was more impactful. Here, you know what? Tone's, I, Tone's research. Tone's research has made me say this about Micah Parsons. Who had a more impactful year last year, Parsons? Or, and you know what? The national media will not agree with us. Who had a more impactful season, Reddick or Parsons? Tone told me, man, guy had number one in third down sacks. That's freaking awesome. That stat itself is insane great. Then you add in, he's number one in cost fumbles. Dude. That's a wrecking ball. It's like a bowling ball going down the lane and hitting strikes. You know how many gutter balls Garfield threw? Tons last year. And Reddick had 19 and a half sacks count in the playoffs. Dude, I'm sorry. Reddick was more impactful than you. Who's the better player? Yeah, okay. Probably. But, dude, I'll tell you what, the deficiencies that Hassan Reddick has, he makes up for in his qualities. Is that fair? He may not be the best tackler. He may not be. He may not be a guy who can cover a lot. But I'll tell you what, when you need a sack, he gets it. You don't, Garfield. You, you won't. I didn't ask you if you take – so you would take Young, Chase Young? Um, I'm not taking anybody a team after three years has given up on trying to trade him. Ch- Dude, Chase is a great player. He is, one healthy. Let's see what he looks like this year. He's got the capabilities of being really a special player. I hope, I hope he gets back to that level. Just makes the competition in the NFC – East, that much better. Dude, You t- listen, if you have Parsons and you have Reddick and then you get Chase Young up, you, you could arguably have three of the best young pass rushers in the National Football League. Not that Reddick is super young, but he's not super old. You could have some, you could have really great pass rushers in the NFC East. Oh, and, and one thing's for sure, too. Looks like Brock Purdy is going to be ready for the season. So all the Weiner fans, excuse me, Niner fans, my guy's ready, bro. You better hope he's good and not a, not like a fling thing. You, can, hey, you, can I tell you who I think Brock Purdy might be? He's either going to be someone who's going to be like Jimmy Garoppolo or somebody special, or he's going to be the pet rock. <laughs> Brock Purdy is the pet rock. <laughs> Sprinkle a little water on it. Thing comes up. A cha-cha-chia. A cha-cha-chia. He's a chia pet. You know that chia pet they used to sell on TV? Brock Purdy's a chia pet. Cha-cha-cha-chia. Cha-cha-cha-chia. <laughs> they sold like those things for like two years, and after that, the chia pet went away. Brock Purdy, man, you better hope he ain't the chia pet. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, well. Hassan! Hey, Sue, am I right? Brock Purdy. This guy might be the next Chia Pet or Pet Rock. <laughs> A cha-cha Chia. I got another idiot from the NFC East coming up. <laughs> Chia Pet. <laughs> Brock Purdy's the Chia Pet. I remember the Trump, hey, the Trumpy Bear. <laughs> yeah, you pull his neck down. Hey, hey, that's what you get with Brock Purdy. You could, you know, it's 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 like the Purdy doll, like like the like the Trump doll. You bend the head over and you could take another arm out, or no, you could take a sling out. <laughs> hey, hey, right tone. You, you, it's like the Purdy doll. You bend the head over, you unzip it, and you could take a sling out. <laughs> anyway. Okay, so Daniel Jones was asked the question, the Trumpy bear. <laughs> okay. So Daniel Jones was asked the question if he thinks his team is close to being in line with the Eagles. And do, do, do you know what Penny's Jones said? This guy's pennies from heaven. That's the way his agent's looking at it right now. This guy, hey, man, who would have thought this guy here a year ago where they didn't even pick up the $18 million option? Let's just show you how you make a dumb move after a dumb move if you're the Giants. You don't pick the $18 million um, fifth-year option up. You turn around and give him $46 Jesus. Hey, hey, that's like going in and doing this. Hey, I'm going to sell you my car for eight grand. Nah, that's all right. I'm going to pass on it. Then you take it back to the same idiot and go, hey, I'm going to sell my car for 16000 Okay, I'll take it. <laughs> Holy shit, man. Speed, what's up? I mean, right? So the Giants don't get the $18 million. Instead, what they do is they have to give them forty six. And a three-year deal to boot. What a dumbass organization. And I love the Giants. But here, man, I got a lot of ties with the Giants. Thing over my shoulder tells you why. Um, so Daniel Jones was asked, do you think you're in line with the, um, with the Eagles? And Daniel Jones goes, I think we can beat anybody. Well, let me help Daniel Jones out here a little bit. You were never in any Eagle game last year whatsoever. And you've done nothing, nothing in this offseason to upgrade your chances. You know that topic I asked you the other day? Have the Eagles done enough to beat the Chiefs? What exactly have the Giants done to close the gap on the Eagles? I'll wait. What's he supposed to say? Not that. I say we're here. This is exactly what I would say, JM. Hey, do you think you've closed the gap on the Eagles? Now, we're, we got to go out there and we got to prove that we got to win that game. Those guys are the best. They're wonderful. What a great team. They got a great quarterback. Pump them up. Let them start reading their press headlines. That's what you're supposed to say. Man, like Joe Burrow. Man, Mahomes is great. Holmes, the best quarterback in the league. So when he beats him, it just shines his star more. Don't you get it? You don't answer a question 
with an insecure comment that you have insecurity. That's an insecurity comment that you don't have any, and you don't have any poison believing that. Okay. Here, if I'm the quarterback of the giants and the way they polaxed them last year, those games were never close. And you answer it. Yeah, man. I think, you know, we we're, we could be in anybody. That's not how that thing looked. And I think the Eagles have done more, more for them and keeping where they are than what you've done to try to get closer to them. I think Dallas has kind of gotten in the room. But I would also say this, JM, if I'm Daniel Jones, I don't know, man. They got a great old line. Their defense, their corners are exceptional. You know, we really don't throw the ball deep. Uh, because, you know, when we played it, they're, they're really good. They're well coached. It's an unbelievable organization. Yeah, man. For us to win and be anything, we got to beat them. And uh, we're going to go out there with an improved football team. I think we've improved. I think another year under Brian Dable will give us that confidence to go into a game against Philly with more confidence. But we got to go out there and play the game. That's how I'd answer that. Not, oh, you know, I think that we can go into a game and, you know, I think we I think we can beat anybody. Yeah, you know, dude, if you're in the AFC, the New York Giants are a six-win team. Okay? They're a six-win team. Still, hey, Neil's like, they're still going to get smashed. I know they're going to. Dude, there's not a chance in hell the Giants are going to. They're not a threat. Here's what you can't do against the Giants. Don't turn the ball over. Don't be dumb. Jalen not get hurt. Go in there. Hey, and by the way, I don't care if you beat them 18-14. This is not BCS points. Just go beat them. Get out of the thing. Don't get anybody hurt. Kick the shit out of them because you're better. Who cares? Just go get them. They're a conference. They're a divisional team, conference team. Go take care of business. See, in those games, I don't care what the score is. I know. I don't really care. I don't have to beat them 38-7. I don't care. You know, and, and anytime you play common opponent like that, they're always going to be tight games. Just go get the win. Don't get anyone hurt. Get the win. You're better. And every facet. Well, they got better coaching. Well, that's why the game will kind of be close. Okay? The Jets. <laughs> J-E-T-S, baby. You bet, man. You got to... You got a big old Pied Piper and Craig Carton, man. He thinks they're going to Super Bowl. Shit. They ain't going to win the AFC East. Are you kidding me? They ain't going to win the AFC East. Hey, beat Tua first. Actually, beat Mac Jones first. All right, so D- Dimes Jones, stupid. And Putty Cat, the little pussycat Michael Parsons, not a lion. He's a pussycat. Saying he's a lion. People can come see me if they want. I'm at the zoo. <laughs> Holy cow. You can't be. You know what that is? Those are two insecure dudes. You know what Jalen's doing? Working hard. Not opening his fly hole. Dude, Jalen Hurts makes no comments like that shit. Says nothing. You know, he's so boring. It's great. Dude, his him being boring like that is a good thing. You don't hear Mahomes opening his fly hole unless someone takes a small. Hey, when you got two Super Bowl rings, you can kind of like, you know, chirp a little. 
You know, you can kind of chirp a little. Hey, this is who I am. <laughs> it's all right. I mean, you know, you can kind of chirp a little. Five straight AFC title games? I don't know. You're kind of in the room there. Okay. Here's the Jalen Hurts topic. This is what, what day is it? Wednesday? Yeah. Tom may not like me after today. <laughs> uh, okay. You don't think the $255 million contract validates Jalen Hurts, do you? You're not under the impression that money validates a player. You're, you're not under that notion, are you? You thought you validated Wentz. You think Kyler Murray's validated? You thought Derek Carr was validated in Las Vegas? He's not validated because of that contract. There's a bigger target on his chest. He's, he's still in a position where he hasn't validated himself. And, and for that matter, nor has Josh Allen and anyone else. I'm a little tougher grader when it comes to the quarterbacks that I would face going into a game. Okay? Like if everything is equal, like a NASCAR, who would I take? Hertz or Allen in a game? Who's a better Who's a better athlete? I'd say Josh Allen is. He's, he's, he's a better prospect. Bigger, fat. I don't know, faster. But just more. He plays all the games. Doesn't get hurt. Bigger arm. I'm not the only guy that thinks this. However, thinking yourself around a football field? I mean, two minutes left in a game, and if you had to give the ball to one guy with one drive left in a game. Who'd you give it to? You know, Bruce Arians on the program a couple months ago, didn't he not say this? I'd like to have seen Hurts with the ball in his hand the last drive. It had been interesting. I think he believes he would have scored. I think Bruce Arians believes if Hurts had the ball and had a chance, um, and they had the last series, I think he thinks they scored. Would they lose by three? Maybe at least got a field goal, right? Got one of the better kickers in the game. Okay. I think Josh Allen's got a little bit of Wentz in him, man. There's a little bit of that, you know, I want to be the superstar guy out there. Got to take that out of your game. Hertz has none of that superstar shit. I mean, seriously, you know, Hertz reminds me a lot. Like I said uh, a couple weeks ago, he reminds me a lot of Emmett Smith. You look up, he's got 320 yards passing and 70 rushing, and you're like, fro, whoa. This guy's almost got 400 yards of total offense? Holy cow. That's killing it. What did he have? Um, surely he had like almost 4,500 yards in total offense last year. Something like that. 4,500 yards in total offense. 33 touchdowns, shit like that, right? That's a lot of offense. It's a lot of yards. Again, it's just different. 
Burrow, I'd taken Burrow over Jalen. And that's I'm not debating that. You guys can homer it all you want. And nor would you. If you had any common sense about yourself, if you're drafting a quarterback to start your franchise with Jalen Hurts or Joe Burrow, you're doing Joe Burrow. Okay? But I'll tell you one thing that Hurts has done. Again, here's, here's why, and I've said this about 2023 and validating. Jalen's going to validate himself when he gets into these games this year with the Chiefs, the Bills. Games like that, Aaron Rodgers. Do they play the Jets this year? They got the Jets. Um, the Niners. He's going to validate himself or not. Okay. He, he's going to. Totally. Look at Jamison. I take Jalen over Burrow. Well, you'd be the only guy in National Football League that would do that. I'll, I'll make a point to you, too. There's some people still in the NFL. I'd say the majority of the people in the NFL will still take Lamar Jackson over him. I'm not so sure about that anymore. Jason Cole takes Jalen over Lamar. Too injury prone for him. Not a bad take. Okay, not a bad take. And, and by the way, you know, as I've said, Burrow's more accomplished. He's taking his team further. Every year he started. First year he got hurt. Um, I think it was after week eight, if I'm not mistaken. He got hurt in week eight. Then the next year they went to the Super Bowl, and then this last year they went to the AFC title game. Um, so, you know, I, I, I have a lot of people going, well, dude, the Eagles gave him $255 million. That means nothing at the end of the day. Now he's got to earn it. Wentz was given the money and never earned it. Kyler Murray has been given a bag of money, yet to be determined on whether he'll earn it. Derek Carr didn't earn his money in Vegas. That's why he's in New Orleans. There's a reason that all these big-time these big time contracts, 90% of the time, don't pan out. They just don't pan out. What, what's the stat? Last 30-some years, only one team has gone to the playoffs after losing the Super Bowl. That was the Patriots. There's a lot of people betting against the Eagles this year. I don't know, man. See, if they're look, the 49ers, I get it, and I understand where people are in Niner. You, you, hey, you, you either got the Chia Pet Niner or you got your next franchise quarterback. Supposedly, he's in Jacksonville right now. What people are telling me, and he's throwing the ball and he's on schedule right now to be able to start the season for the 49ers. That's a good thing. Okay, so Brock Purdy is going to be ready. I think it's pretty miraculous that 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 type of injury that he's putting himself in a position right now where he might be ready for the start of the year. They're going to need him early, too, because they got a pretty good looking schedule at the beginning in the first two quarter polls of the season. So they're going to they're going to need it, in my opinion. Okay, um. Something else about where we are with Jalen here. 
he, in my opinion, has done how he's handled himself in this offseason has been as good a job as I've seen any quarterback in since Tom Brady. And what I mean by that is he is the quietest guy I've seen. We, we broached just a little bit a couple minutes ago. Makes no waves. Makes no comments. Hardworking. Determined. Focused. Boy, do you know how hard it is? To, and, you know, you know, Tone brought this up. Do you know how hard it is to find people who never look up? These guys who are just grinding, 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 grinding. And they're grinding. It becomes contagious in the locker room. Yeah, speed goes, confidence is quiet. You know what it also is to me? Instead of some asshole like Michael Parsons telling me that he's some putty cat or Daniel Jones saying that he can beat anybody, to me, don't take Jalen Hurts and his attitude and the way he does things as weakness. To me, that's confidence. I'm more confident now. And you, you know what you get? You get a lot of people. Carl goes, Sills is finally a believer. No, no. I, I I don't I don't have that thought process. What I do, like I said, Jalen Hurts is going to determine how I feel about him by his play. I mean, here, Carson Wentz became Carson Wentz because Carson Wentz was who he was when he, are you guys under the impression that Carson Wentz wasn't the same guy when he was second in the MVP and according to JM, the Burt Bell Award MVP of the NFL? You think he was a different guy then than he was in his final game as an Eagle? He was the same guy. Nothing changed. Character doesn't change, dude. That's an innate thing that's inside you. This is where people miss this. They think your play has something to do with your character. It's not true. You're either this guy or you're not. You're born with this. Yale goes, he lost his confidence. Yale, I don't think he ever had it. Because he's an insecure man. When you're an insecure human being at the quarterback position, you don't need confidence. Because it's built in you that you believe in yourself no matter what the naysayers say. When, when Jalen Hurts was benched, you think he lost confidence? No way. No way. I think his confidence actually rose. I believe his will became bigger. I believe the fire had more logs on it. I got this from Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan said that when he was in high school, he got cut from his basketball team and some dude beat him out. And he said, man, that just made me want to work harder and harder and harder. I never lost my confidence. That guy just made a bad decision. And so I worked even harder. Then he goes, when I got to the NBA, uh, the scoring champ, put up a lot of points, 
He's not Larry. He's not Magic. He goes, that also started fueling me. So then all of a sudden, I had those guys to say, well, he ain't Bird and Magic. So he, he went out and it drove him to be who Michael Jordan was. All those negative things that have happened in Jalen's life, I don't, believe, I, don't, I, I don't believe Jordan has ever lacked a confidence, no matter what it was. You think Tom Brady, when he came, let me ask you this. You think Tom Brady, when he got to the New England Patriots, Tone, I don't know if you know this story. He got to the New England Patriots, and Bob Kraft is walking in the locker room. Brady's got a pizza box in his hand. He sees Robert, Robert Kraft, walks up to him and says this. This is a sixth-round draft pick. I'll be the greatest decision you have ever made in your life owning this team. And walked away from Bob Kraft with a pizza box in his hand. Robert Kraft went like this. Who the hell is that kid? He's the backup quarterback. He didn't play at all in his first year. At all, he had a pizza box in his hand. And he tells Robert Kraft, and he's a sixth rounder, a throwaway pick. He just goes like this. Yeah, Wentz quit in the playoffs because it was built in him to quit. Nobody's quitting if you're Brady or Hurts. This is the one thing I've learned about Jalen Hurts and Tom Brady. I think you're built with that. I think that confidence conversation is bullshit. Carson Wentz never had confidence. He had insecurities. That's why the locker room was, hey, when you're winning, it covers that shit up. But when you start losing, all of a sudden, guess what happens? It accentuates your weaknesses. And if you're an insecure dude, that's the first thing that's going to expose itself. Because then you're going to be looking for excuses why everything sucks around you. Jalen Hurts is never, Tom Brady, never said anything about things around him. There, there's guys that just are, those dudes, those dudes are just, hey, honestly, outside of, outside of Scottie Pippen, not one of those guys ever went anywhere else and won an NBA championship as a starter. Not one of them. They were all role players. Now, Dennis had already had two when he was in Detroit, previously coming to Chicago. So he had already had two. So he was already a built-in successful defensive player. Okay? Weak foundations get exposed under pressure. Absolutely. So that's why I tell you, man, when Wentz was in his MVP, this is why you guys have more confidence in Jalen than you do in Wentz, because you know why? You're right. They're two different dudes. One guy never lacked the confidence, no matter what, even when he was playing well. If Jalen Hurts is playing, if Jalen Hurts plays bad, what did Jalen Hurts do? Jalen Hurts, supposedly in Nick Saban's eyes, was playing bad. Or they thought they had a better answer at quarterback in Tua. And they won the national title because Tua was more accurate at the time than Jalen. That's when Jalen realized this. Shit. If I want to beat that guy and be better than that guy, I got to be a better passer than that guy. Or I got to be this. Maybe not a better passer than him. 
Because I do think Tua is a better passer than Jalen Hurts. He throws a better ball than him. He doesn't have a stronger arm. He's more accurate. And I agree, I agree with Tyree Kill. He's a pretty accurate guy. But Jalen, he improved his arm. That's all he really needed. He didn't need to have the arm of Tua. He just needed to improve it and the accuracy, and he did. Plus, he, with his running ability, he's pushed himself ahead now of Tua. Dude, Tua got the option. Jalen got the bag of money. There's a, there's a huge difference there. Jalen was on a team that went to the Super Bowl. Tua was sitting in a dark room talking to concussion doctors. <laughs> Who would you rather be? Steve Kerr wasn't a starter in San Antonio. I said starter. Kerr wasn't a starter. Came off the bench. Um, and then he became an assistant coach there. And then I believe went into broadcasting and then went into getting the Warrior job. I believe after uh, Jackson had the job there. So... Yeah, he came off the bench. Um, Cook may sign there, take pressure off Tua, and you know what it does too, Yale? Something else it does is this. It also makes your offense a little bit more, less dependent on the starting quarterback when you have a big-time back back there so that you could put another guy and you're still going to get offensive production. Got a pretty good offensive line. They got a good, they got a pretty good old line in there. And the the cliff dive, like if, if you have a devastating injury in Kansas City, that season's over. Shit, man. Quite frankly, if Kansas City loses Mahomes, they could have a f- top five pick. There's not a lot on offense. Like nobody's gonna go into Kansas City and pick up the pieces and carry that football team to the uh to the Super Bowl. This is not going to happen. You have to have a special guy in the building to do that. So you're not. Okay. Do me a favor. I want to ask you something about Travis Kelsey, and um, I want to get your thoughts on it, about the tight end position, especially Dallas Goddard. I, I saw something today, Dallas Goddard and Travis Kelsey being compared. I was absolutely floored. I couldn't believe the comparison. It's pretty remarkable. All right, hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Keep it here on the National Football Show. (laughs) Tone. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, so one of those segments. Let's try it again. Keep it here on the National Football Show. I think I'm here by myself now. I'm like in the twilight zone. <laughs> uh, hey, no, no, this is quite good. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Okay. 
<laughs> magic, hey, magic words ain't working. Get tone out of the bathroom. Keep the show going, Sills. You're right. Let's just do that until we can um, find out what's going on. I don't know what's going on. Keep it here on the if if we if this one doesn't work, then keep it here on the National Football Show. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. The greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go passionately, go fearlessly. Go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction. Go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to look. Fake a mama. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again? You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. Unbelievable what Travis Kelsey makes. Travis Kelsey makes 14.3 million bucks. Okay. Sorry about that, Sills. Yeah, it's all good, brother. It's all good. <laughs> Big Sills catches you off guard, man. King of timing. He makes 14.3. 
That guy, Darren Waller, makes $17 million a year. Kittle makes $15 million. That sounds right. But Travis Kelsey makes 14 3 And Dallas Goddard makes 14 2 I think that's the number here. I think he's 14 2 if I'm not mistaken. I wrote it down here. They're, they're, they're both in the same room. So here, here's my here, here's my spin on this. Who's the more deadlier weapon in today's NFL? Travis Kelsey or Justin Jefferson? Who's the more dangerous weapon? If you had to have one of those two guys on your team, who would you take, Travis Kelsey or Jefferson? If you were building an offense, okay? Quan goes, put JJ with Mahomes. You had, you had JJ. You had a JJ type player. You got rid of him. Doesn't that answer the question for you? There's a $25 million wide receiver down in Miami now bitching and crying about the fact that the Chiefs won a Super Bowl without him. They didn't need him. And, dude, that guy had a big year too down there. Jefferson is in the top, is a top two wide out. So if I put Justin Jefferson, or wait, here's a better one. Who's more important to Tom Brady? Randy Moss, who you guys call the second greatest wide receiver in the history of the game, or Gronk? Who was more important in the Brady dynasty? Gronk or someone like the greatest or the second greatest wide receiver in NFL history? How many times have you guys have come on this program and told me Randy Moss is the second best wide out in NFL history? That's 106 years of football. Moss is the second greatest wide out. Second greatest wide out. And, and some think maybe the best and most gifted athlete ever at the wide receiver position. Who'd you rather have? Ask Brady. Gronk. Here's where I'm going. I think the tight end position is being undervalued. I would have I'd rather have a top flight tight end than a top flight wide receiver. I don't really need AJ Brown if I have Travis Kelsey and I have my so-called franchise quarterback. I don't need him. Quarterback Mahomes proved it to you. You don't need to have a top flight guy. Brady proved it to you. You don't need to have a top flight guy. Six Super Bowls and no, and not one elite wide receiver on any one of those Super Bowls. Not one elite guy. Like, you'll never say that Brady played with an elite wide receiver that won a Super Bowl. Ever. Well, you know, Mike Evans, well, he's 44 years old. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I probably needed him down in my in Tampa. Probably so, but I mean, he didn't need him in New England. So my, this kind of goes back to what 
Jimmy, Jimmy Graham said, you're using these tight ends today like you're using wide receivers. And they're more like, like I see why Debo Samuel complained about the contract he signed in San Francisco. He's used on jet sweeps. He's used in the run game. He's used as a wide receiver. And to me, he's more valuable in all of the things that he does, like a Swiss Army knife, kind of like what the tight end does. Tight ends block. Tight ends catch the ball. Tight ends um, are, are part of the offensive line. I, I, to me, you're paying, you're paying a... You're paying less than $20 million and you're paying some of these wide receivers like Devontae Adams who don't do shit for you when they get to new places. Devontae Adams put up a lot of good numbers and they were empty calories. Hey, to some aspect, as great as Jefferson is, what does it mean? Put up a lot of great numbers. Okay. Well, what did he do? What did it mean? Hey, did Moss ever win a Super Bowl? Did Randy Moss ever win a Super Bowl? I mean, I think I mean, did he win one? Randy Moss never won a Super Bowl. He's the second greatest wide receiver in NFL history. What's the point? What's the point of having Randy Moss on your team? Because it makes you a threat? Okay. I'm with you. Hey, I'd rather be in it than be on the outside. So I do, I do think, listen, this conversation again is what, you know, Kelsey's the fourth highest paid tight end. He's taking less money to stay in Kansas City. I mean, it's funny, isn't it? Kansas City's going to redo Patrick Mahomes' deal. But you're not going to redo the guy who helps keep that thing also going? Because without Travis Kelsey, without Travis Kelsey, does Patrick Mahomes win a Super Bowl? I don't think so. I don't think you can lose Patrick Mahomes or you can lose Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey and say, Mahomes, well, no, Brady. Brady always had a big tight end up there, didn't he? Had Aaron Hernandez and he had Gronk. And who was the guy that was early in his career, Yale? Was it Ben Coates? Was it, wasn't it, wasn't it? Didn't they have a dude up there, Ben Coates, who was um also a pretty good he wasn't in that, he wasn't in those guys' leagues, but I think I, I think Ben Coates was like the like he was up there. Oh, Watson, that's it. Ben Watson. Yeah. Watson. Thank you, Neil. It was Watson. He was pretty good. Wasn't in the league of Aaron Hernandez and um, Gronkowski, but he was good. Coach was solid too, man. I think they were both on the team together. I think they were both on the team. Um, so my question is, how come the tight end position, shouldn't the tight end position be put in the category of wide receiver? and you get rid of the tight end position, shit, the NFL, I mean, they're getting away with underpaying the most important. Get Look what the NFL is doing. You're paying wide receivers and quarterbacks 
But the two positions that help your football team win Super Bowls are the running game and tight ends. And they're devaluing them both. Dude, you, you don't win a Super Bowl in Kansas City this past year if you don't have Travis Kelsey on the team. You don't. Gronk and Brady don't win six Super Bowls if you don't have those two together. I, I'll tell you what. There's not a chance Brady wins those Super Bowls if you don't have him up there on that team. He, he wins Super Bowls, but he doesn't have as many. They brought his ass to Tampa, too. Part of the reasoning was that he was an instrumental part in the blocking game. Brent goes, most tight ends aren't Kelsey. Dude, every single successful team has a great tight end. 49ers have a great one. Um, the Eagles have a great one. The Chiefs have a great one. I think that hurts Cincinnati, and I think that hurts Buffalo, especially when you don't have running games. Mixon's not bad out of the backfield, but to me, I think you've got to improve the tight end position. Can I tell you this? Hey, didn't that kid um didn't that kid didn't that kid get who's the kid that got traded to Detroit? Who's the kid that got traded to Detroit? Andrews in, in um, Baltimore. I think he's instrumental. I think he's instrumental in how they've won a ton of games. I do. I think he's instrumental. And Walter is dangerous when healthy. Okay? Right? Absolutely. I think the tight end position is more valuable, in my opinion, and a good pass-catching tight end than a wide receiver. Yeah, Hawkinson got traded to Minnesota. Well, I think that's one of the reasons why Minnesota, okay, and their offense had a pretty good year. What were the numbers again? They were eighth in scoring, sixth in passing. Hey, and by the way, the Eagles have always had great tight ends. Hey, the Eagles have always had great tight ends ever since they owned a team with Jeffrey Lurie, right? Always have had them. James Harden's leaving Philly. Great. Thank God. Thank God. That's that's great news. Let me write that down. Let's take a time out on that. I want to get some more details. So James Harden's leaving Philly. He was never vested here. He didn't give a shit. Loser mentality. <laughs> no wonder, hey, no wonder they got rid of him in Oklahoma City. Think about Oklahoma City, too. So you had James Harden, you had Russell Westbrook, and you had KD, and you got to a conference finals, and you couldn't do anything with him. Great beard. Absolutely true. All right. Hit the like button. Hour number three, power hour. Our good friend and insider, remember Eric Allen, thank you. Hall of Fame game is right around the corner. Jason will be there too, by the way. Please hit that like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show.
Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you're having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles So Indiana Jones has a new movie out, right? Man, I love Indiana Jones, but the dude's 80. <laughs> I mean, how are you selling that to me? An 80-year-old action hero. Can you? What's he going to do? Uh, jump out of his wheelchair? I mean, does he does he carry, like, oxygen around with him when he goes through, like, the Temple of Doom? I'm trying to figure it out, man. Can, can you, How are you going to sell me Indiana Jones at 80? I don't know, man. So, like, he, hey, maybe he's going to be in search of the false teeth. That's the new one, right? I, I, I mean, I, hey, did you see these false teeth? Yeah, the Cleopatras. How do you know? I got a pair of them myself. I don't know, man. And listen, I, I like Harrison Ford. Not as a pilot, but I like Harrison Ford. I don't know, man. 80-year-old Indiana Jones. Shit, man, my aunt's got more. My, my aunt's got more, like, vigor to her and more sauce to her than Harrison Ford. Hey, Cosmo's like, Sills, come on, man. Come on, dude. In search of the lost remote. <laughs> uh, 
Cosmo, I get it, man. It's taboo to talk shit on James T. Kirk, James Bond, and Harrison Ford or Indiana Jones. I'm with you, man. Okay? Hey, search for the lost prosthetic. I don't know. What are we searching for? The fountain of middle age? I, I, I mean, the dude's 80 years old, and he's almost been in two plane crashes. I don't know. Is that, I mean, look, I got to Tom Cruise. Tom's jumping off a building still, and, you know, I kind of – I totally get him. But Indiana Jones, 80 years old, man, giving me the – I mean, what, seriously, man, what's he look? What, what, where are we? The search for St. Petersburg in a retirement home. <laughs> I don't know. Indiana Jones, 80 years old. I hate Hollywood. <laughs> uh, oh, The Fugitive, man. Hey, that's a good one. What's Harrison Ford's best role? Dude, man, what's the one that he played the FBI guy or the CIA guy, Jack Ryan? I do like Jack Ryan, man. Those Jack Ryan movies were good, dude. Yeah. Jack Ryan or Indiana Jones? It's got to be Indiana Jones. Indy's great, man. Hey, is Spielberg, is, is, did he direct that thing? Chris, hang on. I'm not really throwing a dagger. I'm more, he's 80 years old. What do you want me to do? I got, you got to set, hey, I'm easily sold. I am. I, I, that, I love all those Indian. You know, I don't like the one with the kid. You know, the guy that just, won, Air Force One was good. It was. I don't like the one with the kid and the stones. Okay, I don't, I don't like that. I don't like that one. But the rest of them I do. I like the one with Sean Connery. I dig that one too. I think River Phoenix was in that one too that he had. So I like that one. That was like what River Phoenix is one of his last movies. So I'm good with that. Um, but dude, I mean, yeah, the ones with the stones, I'm not. Clear and Present Danger is a great one, man. Um, now, nah, The Hunt for Red October was the other guy. He was the first dude. He's the guy that shot someone on set. Yeah. Hey, Chuck. <laughs> the reason, hey, now I see why they took that role away from, what's his name? Because he was the first Jack Ryan. He ain't too safe on a movie set. <laughs> too soon? Probably. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know, man. Right? Oh, yeah. Hunt for Red October had Sean Connery in it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Alec Baldwin. <laughs> hey, Alec Baldwin's on set. Could someone please get me a bulletproof vest? <laughs> really, man. You know, I don't know. You know, Bruce Lee's kid, too. You know, I don't know, man. You know, things happen on sets. I don't know. Anyway, so, yeah, he's 80 years old. I don't know. So, Harden's, Harden's still in, in Philly. I guess he has until the end of the day to make the dumbest decision up. What is he going to pass on a $35.6 million deal? What is it, like a one-year? Dude, here's, here's what I, The Sixers will be better without him. Because you know why? And, and again, I don't know why I'm talking Sixers. 
I just don't. You don't deserve it. But it's news. You don't deserve to talk about the same conveyor belt of shit every day. This is so dumb. The Sixers are such a train wreck to cover. It's the same shit, just different names. God, I don't know how you do it. I give so little so little coverage to people who do the dumb thing over and over and over and over and over again that it becomes nauseating. It just becomes nauseating. Okay, I mean, so what? He's here. Dude, you think you're going to win an NBA championship with him here? Or do you think there's a better chance of you winning with him not being here? And you know what people say? Well, who are you bringing in? Does it matter? You're, we're not winning with you. So why would I pay you? That's my take. Who are you bringing in? Does it matter? I could, I could, I could bring an empty chair in and it won't matter. Does it matter? It just, it, it doesn't matter. They give me a headache, Sills. But I just read Harden opted into the deal. Okay, he's staying. If you ask me, it looks like he's given the Sixers an opportunity to trade him so they won't lose him for nothing. Okay, so he's trading. He's... Okay. I'd rather talk about something more productive. Does it matter? So he's opting in. Him and Joel Embiid, do you think won an NBA championship? With Nick Nurse. Do you feel more comfortable about the team? You really think Nick Nurse is going to do a better job of coaching than what Doc Rivers did? Or will it matter? This is what I talk about when we're talking about things like the Eagles. Do you know why the Eagles get the confidence? And you know why the Eagles get the credibility? And you know why the Eagles... How many, hey, get this. Tone, such a Philly, he's got the face of Philly on him. When the Eagles were a four-win team, did you think they dig themselves out of it? Did you, did you think that the Eagles would dig themselves out of that pit? I, I didn't think they'd dig themselves that fast out of the pit. But did, did, didn't you think that they, they, they'd get it right? Because they have. They have a process in how they look at coaches and how they look at things and how they evaluate and how they have a structure in their building. I think the Flyers are trying to do some of the shit that the Eagles are doing. It's got to be a chain of command, what have you. What gives you hope with the Sixers? What gives you hope? You have the MVP? You have the MVP. Who cares about individual statistics and individual accomplishments more than team accomplishments? He's got the complete different mindset of the guy in Miami. The guy in Miami doesn't give a shit about MVPs. He cares about getting as far as you can in the postseason and then get your swings in the final. Do you know that Jimmy Butler's been to two NBA finals and Joel Embiid hasn't been out of the opening round of an NBA playoffs in his career? How's that possible? Is Embiid a better player? Yeah. He's not as accomplished. Wait, he's won an MVP. And so what? 
That's like comparing Jimmy Butler to Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony is like Kirk Cousins of the NBA. You have all those points that led to nothing. Was he a great player? Yeah. Guess. Did he carry a team on his back? Never. In his entire 20-year career, or whatever it is, Carmelo Anthony couldn't carry a team. Kevin Durant can't carry a team. Why should I believe that Joel Embiid will? Think about that. You guys are expecting Joel Embiid to carry a team, and Kevin Durant can't. Kevin Durant is a great centerpiece on a team that has great leadership on it and a star on it already. That's what he is. He's like the, he's like a great Christmas. He's like a great Christmas ornament. But the star on the tree is Steph. That's kind of what Joel Embiid is. There's certain guys with a star on top of the tree. And he ain't it. And Harden ain't it. Here, here. If you're to give me right now, here, my definition of Joel Embiid and James Harden, and James Harden's back with the Sixers. It was a game of cat and mouse. Nobody was going to offer him a, a $240 million contract. That's not going to happen. He's not getting a $200 million deal. you kidding me? Who in their right gourd would pay that? Here, you know what they are? You, you look at them and you go like this. Great players. Two guys that won MVP awards that meant shit to their teams. Great scores. Great talent. I mean, are the Houston Rockets under James Harden one of the most underachieving teams in the history of the NBA? Yes. Have the Sixers been underachieving with Embiid? Yes. You guys blame Ben Simmons. Well, Simmons hasn't been there now in two years. I mean... You can only you can only blame Trump so much for the current administration's bullshit too. You know what I'm saying? I mean, eventually you got to look at what you're doing. Okay, right? You got to look at kind of what you're doing. It's Carson Wentz's fault. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, sure. <sighs> yeah. Harden should be in the trash dump. Well, here, here, look. One last thing on that thing. He's going to opt in. Oh, God. La cross. The cross we bear. Always hurt. Never leading a team. Always underperforming. That is the storyline of James Harden's postseason career. Same with Embiid. Hurt. Underachieving. Underperforming. I said it the day he won the MVP award. His season's over. His season's over. <laughs> uh, trade him to Houston? What does Houston have that Philly wants? There's things on Houston that'll help him? What? Going to trade him with... Houston, because why? The G, the dude, this this love affair that the GM has with James Harden. You know, it's funny, isn't it? That certain general managers get tied into winners. As much as Jerry Krause and Michael Jordan hated one another, man, that's a ton of success. Let's take a look at that. 
Um, let's see. Jalen Hurts and Howie Roseman. Looks like a really good relationship. Veach, along with Andy, and Pat Mahomes. Awesome. Looks like a pretty good relationship there. Derek Jeter and Steinbrenner. That was pretty good, too. I mean, somebody in the building always had... You always gamble on the one guy that could take you across the finish line. Right? You, you have to have that guy. Pat Riley. Look at... look at so See, look. Here's the difference between Pat Riley and Daryl Morey, Tone. Pat Riley builds a team with character. Oh, wait. Pat Riley builds a team with Jalen Hurts. And Daryl Morey builds a team with James Harden's. He ate his fat ass out of Houston. He underperformed there. He underperformed in Oklahoma. He was really kind of the sixth man in Oklahoma City. He cried and whined and took his bat and ball out of Brooklyn. And now he's got his boy in Philly and they gave him a contract. Betting on the wrong dude. His whole entire career, Daryl Morey, will be based on what James Harden did. He won an MVP award and nothing more. Nothing. It's his greatest accomplishment is James Harden and his MVP year. That ain't enough. That's enough in other places, but not in Philly. You think that's enough? Or is that the process? What's the process again? I forget. I'm so confused. What's the process? Can you tell me what the process? You guys have watched the process for 10 years. What's the process in Philly again? Uh, What is it? Oh, you don't know? (laughs) No, it's okay. I don't either. (laughs) That's okay. I don't don't either. Whether whether it's Elton Brand or whomever. I I don't know. I... (laughs) What's what what's what's what what's the process? The Josh Harris process. Eagle fans, don't fret. The commanders are owned by him. You don't have to worry about it. It'll be a shit show there too. Just better dudes in the building, probably. I say probably. Okay. Hey Doza, I push it. They've been pushing that shit on you for a decade. I thought you'd be more pissed off than me. Don't don't get mad at me because I've watched 10 years of horse shit and lies. What, because I pointed out to you? Dude. (laughs) Process. Okay. Feelings are probably getting hurt, so we'll move on. Congratulations to James Arden. He's staying in the city that, the only city that would take him. Oh, and Houston. <laughs> uh, so ex- I want you guys to explain something to me. I looked something up here. So Baltimore now has a brand new offense. Is that going to result in a brand new Lamar Jackson now? Here, let me see something here. I want to make a point to you guys. Okay? 
Lamar Jackson stats. Here. So Lamar Jackson has a brand new offense. And do you know, prior to this brand new offense, Lamar Jackson was 45 and 16. So hang on, hang on here. So am I right when I say this? So six in 61 games. Lamar Jackson won 45 of those ball games. He's 45 and 16 as a starting quarterback in the NFL. Lamar Jackson as a starter in in Baltimore. Six and one. 13 and two. 11 and four. Seven and five. Eight and four. He's never had a losing season. His touchdowns and interceptions. 101 to 38. This guy's got 101 touchdown passes and only 38 interceptions. Well over two to one. He's got a 63.7% completion percentage, which is higher than I actually thought it was going to be. He led the NFL in touchdown passes in 19 with 36. I mean, why are they why are they changing the offense? Why are they changing the offense again? What, what, what? you added OBJ? Didn't they get the kid? From, did they? Did is that where the kid from Boston College went? Is that the kid from Boston College? He he was that kid Zay Flowers. Is that his name? Okay. So they got Zay Flowers. They got OBJ. They got the tight end who's sensational. And they got Lamar. Probably need a back. Love to see Dalvin Cook there. That'd be a good fit. Okay. Little, they got to get better on defense. So what's wrong again? Why am I hearing that this is going to be an improved Lamar Jackson, when you got a quarterback who won 45 or 61 ball games, never had a losing season, and put up spectacular numbers, and is is accomplished. Hey, is there a second outside of Patrick Mahomes? Is there a more accomplished quarterback in the NFL right now than Lamar Jackson? Let me see. Okay, Aaron Rodgers, fair enough. Give me another one. Give me another one. Three-time Pro Bowler, MVP, unanimous, NFL touchdown leader. I mean, there's, there's give me another guy who's as accomplished individually as this man. Who? And you think you got to change the offense? Why are they saying all this? See, I'm, I'm, this, I, I, I hear it every day. Oh, he's working out. He's uh, a new guy. Um, he's a new guy. 
the change in the offense. The Ravens want to be us. They are in a better conference. Rock, they are. They are you. They are. Dude, if the Ravens were in the NFC, it'd be the Eagles' number one opponent. That guy's a sensational ball player. Kid yourself. And he's beating Mahomes. He's actually beaten Mahomes. Okay? Your guy hasn't yet. He has. He's beaten him. Smaller sample size, give it to you. But he's been in the league longer, too. Jalen had to go through a couple extra hoops because of the transfer. Lamar came into the league younger and more of a project, I think, than even Josh Allen. Moore seems to have tunnel tunnel vision. 45 and 16 is tunnel vision? I don't know. Now, look, he's got to win playoff games. I get it. Okay, he's 0-1. Jalen's 2-2, and he's gotten to a Super Bowl, albeit. I get it. I understand. I mean, Purdy's (laughs) 1-1. I mean, right? Lamar hasn't had elite wide receivers So if OBJ and Zay Flowers meet expectations, that's why people think Lamar will get better. OBJ ups the expectations in Baltimore? I got to ask Jason Cole that one. I got to ask him that one. By the way, I'm gonna I'm gonna start it out. Usually I end it with this, but I'm I'm gonna I I I wanna I wanna get Jason's thoughts. We we opened up the program, the 92 Dallas Cowboys O line versus the Eagles 17 line. Jason Peters, in my opinion, nine-time Pro Bowler is a Hall of Famer. Jason Kelsey, a six-time Pro Bowler, is a Hall of Famer. Lane Johnson's a four-time. And off that Cowboy team, there's not one Hall of Famer off that cow. Supposedly, the Cowboys have the greatest offensive line of all time. Well, not one of them. And Jason's cohorts have voted any of these guys, Mark Tune, Gogan, Stepnowski, Nate Newton, Eric Williams, into the Hall of Fame. Now, Larry Allen came on the back end of the other Super Bowl, so they put him in, rightfully so. Best offensive lineman I've seen in the NFL in 30 years. He's Larry Allen, 700-pound bencher and can run. Let's bring our Hall of Fame voter in. A lot of NFL news as we're 28 days out from the start of camp. Jason Cole. Jason, um, you think Eric Williams is a Hall of Famer? Offensive tackle for the um, for the Cowboys. Has he ever been debated? No, he's never been debated that I'm aware of. Um, Four Pro Bowls. Three Super Bowls. Oh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying he shouldn't. I'm just saying he hasn't. That I'm aware of, um, you know, two and a had a weird career. Didn't have, you know, was converted defensive lineman. Wasn't a high draft pick. Didn't have, you know, was a tough and was more of a tough guy, right? Like, um, not you know, he's not Jonathan Ogden. That's not no. He 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 started his career at UCLA, transferred to Hawaii, as and he played DT. Landry turned him into an offensive lineman. And he was there for a couple of years, and he kind of floated around on the second team, 
And then when Jimmy got there and then Emmett solidified the team, he had two Pro Bowl years. He was good, but, I mean, he's not Joe Jacoby either. No, no, he's not. No, and Joe's not even in. And, I know. And, Joe, and Joe's a tough candidate, right? Like, we, I've discussed Joe Jacoby. Um, so, 2-8 and doesn't qualify in my, in my view. Nate. But here, that's Nate, funny you say Nate, that. Nate, Nate's not. Nate's not. Well, let's not get lost on Jacoby. Let's go through this D- Dallas line for a second. Um, but two and eight doesn't rate, you know, with all time greats at that position. Nate Newton. Well, he wasn't as good as Larry Allen by a, by a long shot, right? You know, he's not in that class when you talk about guards. Six Pro Bowls. Awfully good, but just not. That guy, in my view, when okay, I look at the six talent, Pro Bowls, three Super Bowls. I understand that, but you know, again, okay, just you know, you're when you talk about guards, guards is guards are tough, right? And especially right guards. Yeah. Um, How about Stepnowski? Five Step, Pro Bowl Step, center. Like to me, Step was as good a center as there was in the league. At that time, I'd have to think about it again. But to me, Stepnoski is the guy who's probably been overlooked the most. But he's not Dermani Dawson, right? So he no, doesn't... no. And I think uh, Kevin Kevin Mawai's better by a tick than him too. But and Kevin was a bigger man, yep. you know, more more fluid and natural. Step was a vastly undersized guy, smart guy. Was a guard at Pitt, moved him over to center when he came to Dallas and was a six one and a half foot guy, two seventy-five. Oh, Not yeah, well, look, yeah, really two, good player, two, but two, yeah, two seventy-five, and not a guy who was uh, naturally two hundred and seventy-five pounds. Let's just put it that way. I'm not trying to imply anything, but um, that's okay. I, you can. I, I saw Stepnoski year. I saw Gogan and Stepnoski the year that Aikman went into Hall of Fame. I saw. I walked into a conversation with Gogan and Stepnoski. Gogan, you can't miss from a mile away. Because he's just a mountain of a man, right? And then I walk up, and there's this guy who's like, you know, six one, looks like he's goes maybe two twenty, well built, that kind of thing. And Gogan goes, "Oh, hey, this is Mark Stepnoski, Jason, meet Mark." I look at him, I go, and I'm just thinking to myself, "Your jaw dropped." I was like, "You played in the NFL, like, and and you, like, he lost. Let's just say this: he lost a lot of weight after he got done playing." Are you calling shit. him Pudge Rodriguez? <laughs> I am not saying I, I don't know. I look, I don't know if that man ate his way onto a, a roster or, you know, what he, yeah. whatever he did, but he was not a naturally big man. No. Right. By and any now, he, he was not Kevin Gogan, who is a mountain of a human being. And, crazy, and with, a mean, with a mean streak from here to October. Hey, right? crazy. Crazy size on Kevin Gogan. Oh, what absolutely. Think, what do you think and of Jason Peters? Jason Peters. Nine Pro Bowls. Yeah, absolutely. He's a Hall of Famer in my view. I'm not, I'm not going to debate Jason Peters. In, in, like, to me, he's probably a better player than Joe Thomas. Um, when you, I agree. When, when, you, when you put it all together, right? So, you know, the last guy, Eric Williams, was clo- you know, close in my viewpoint. He's just got some damage good issues. Uh, the, the thing about it is, like, none of those guys really ended up playing for 15 years 
at that kind of level like that makes up for not being so overwhelmingly gifted. But those guys played together better than any group I've ever seen in my life, and they were coached at a spectacular level. I mean, Hudson Hawk is as good an offensive line coach as there's ever been in this league. There's some other great ones. Dante Skarnecchia, um, obviously. Um, you know, Alex Gibbs, obviously. Um, some others. But Hudson. Joe Bugle. Joe Bugle, too. I mean, there's a bunch of those guys. I mean, I'm forgetting about the guy from Indianapolis. Um, uh, not Tom Moore, but who was the other guy who was who was there for years and years? I'll, I'll remember his name. He was there when Peyton was quarterback. Um, you know, old-time offensive lineman. Died in a motorcycle accident, I think. Um, yeah, I can't remember. He was great, too. But, I mean, Hudson is right there with any of those guys. And, again, that group played with a synergy that very few teams have ever seen. The reason I ask you about Eric Williams is Lane Johnson. When you're evaluating offensive linemen here, and Lane has been spectacular, do you look at the right tackle position differently than you do the blindside left tackle position when you're evaluating? Or do you put them all together, Jason, and go – you're an offensive tackle. Does there more credence that it's harder to play the left side? Or do you look at, like, because if Eric Williams is not a Hall of Famer, I'm not sure you're thinking Lane Johnson is then. Uh, they're, both, they're both tough because right, right tackle. I mean, we're, we're, we're debating Willie Anderson right now, who and Willie for his era was probably as good as anybody Absolutely. played in the league, right? Yep. So there's a lot that goes on in that one. And there, it does matter a little bit to me. Um, because obviously 95% of the time, the superior athlete plays left tackle. Jonathan Ogden was never going to play right tackle. He was going to play left tackle. Anthony Munoz. He was going to play left tackle because you have to have that guy over on that side. Um, there are some guys who fake their way through playing left tackle, um, and do a pretty good job of it. Um, you know, two and a. We've just talked about two and a. Um, who was the, the kid who played for with uh, Matt? The kid who played with New England for most of most of Brady's career. I'm trying to remember. He was a second round pick. The, the, so, yeah. Totally. What is his name? Totally. No, the guy before him. I'm trying to remember who it was. Hey, by uh, the way, was that offensive line guy Mud? Howard Mud. Howard, yeah, Howard Mudd, J.M., thank Howard, you. Howard Mudd, that's great. That's great. I guess Howard is great in offensive line coach. He was in Philly for a while when they had, um, you know, when they had Michael Vick. Howard Howard's a brilliant offensive line coach. So, look, it, it's tough. So, there's some of that credence. And, yeah, we do favor left tackle. It's pretty clear. I mean, if you look at the guys who are in the Hall of Fame. But that doesn't mean that all right tackles get excluded. And I think that – Eric Williams deserves a discussion. Willie Anderson's currently in the room. Um, needs some momentum, obviously. And, yeah, I think Lane Who's Johnson he going against? Him. He's pretty much alone right at this moment, now that Joe Thomas is out of the way. Um, you know, it's it's more like there's going to be some skill position guys, some wide receivers you're going to have to get through. Did he play right next now. to Shields? Who? Uh, is, he's, he's, he's a guy from New Orleans, right? Willie Anderson? Yeah. No, you're talking about Willie Rope. Willie Rope's in already. Oh, Willie that's Anderson, right. Willie Anderson, right tackle from Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Yeah. Yeah. When it, yeah. 
um, okay, yeah, you know, when they had Corey Dillon and yep. you know, and yep. Carson Palmer and all those guys, yep. is terrific, terrific player. One, how many Pro Bowls? I don't know off the top of my head. You know, I didn't come armed with that kind of information, but okay. yeah, terrific player. Okay, let me ask you something. Give me your impression, Jason, of the NFL's gambling policy and how you look at it. I mean, here's my problem, Jace. I mean, you could get four games. You could get four games, Jason, for um, smacking your wife around, and then you could get a full year if I bet on a turtle race. I mean well, – But gambling for players is a difficult thing to, to – to navigate through because you're talking about integrity of the game issues, right? You're talking about is the game on the level and you being the great pr protector of gamblers that we, that I know that you are based on our conversation from last week. And don't think that I forget anything. No, okay? I'm not a protector of it. I think no, the players should dip, dip, uh, dip their beak in it. I, I look, I don't think they should be able to gamble on the game itself. They obviously, yeah, but, but the, Jason, it. wait, wait, wait. This is what they're trying to stop is because if I'm a player in Philly and I call my boy Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis mm -hmm. and he tells me, hey, listen, I may not be going and I don't believe I'm going. You got insider trading information right. that you know that has no bearing on whether or not you're throwing games or not. That's just the fact that you are going to have a heads up. Just like a stockbroker in New I, York I, would. I understand, I understand that, but you don't want that in this game. Because, because what happens when, and you and I both know, I'm just going to bring up one name, Billy Walters. Okay, we both know Billy Walters. We know who he is. We know what he is. We don't need Billy Walters in a locker room paying no. a lot of money or other guys like Billy Walters paying for that kind of information. And having an advantage because players are also gambling on games. You have to keep a distance between the players themselves gambling on games. Um, you know, that because all of a sudden we're talking about huge integrity issues. Okay. This becomes horse racing real fast. And, you know, look, I never covered horse racing, but I'll tell you, I knew plenty of stories coming out of Golden Gate Fields in San Francisco where. The jockeys knew everything about each other and their horses, and those guys made sure that they were placing bets on what was going to happen in the action in the seventh race. Okay, like they, and that's not healthy for the game, and that's one of the reasons that horse racing is as shady as it is. Well, I, I'm, really I'm not going to say anything here. anymore, but I'll just know and there's a, a couple guys. There were a couple a guys yeah. buried in the old Giant Stadium, not yeah, just Hoffa. Yeah, you know. You know <laughs> <laughs> this guy might have known a thing about that guy who knew the guy and the thing. You may know about a race. Yeah, not that I thought yeah. there was – was it actually yeah. a horse? I don't know if it was a real you know, horse. Any... You know, that thing, you know, that happened over there. That, you know, he knew about that. But hey, it's Jason, all right. Okay, explain this one to me then. Okay. So Aaron Rodgers is at a uh, Let's Get High convention, and he's the keynote speaker. Call. At a yeah. Let's Get High convention. All right. And now he's going around telling people that he takes psychedelic drugs and that he believes in all this stuff. Right. How is he not in the NFL's drug testing policy when he's admitted to taking drugs that are not and are banned by the National Football League's drug policy? How is he not held accountable? Is it because Hard Knocks has well, maybe, well, maybe he, well, He's maybe got he primetime games? Well, A, maybe he is in the program, and they called him up after that. Okay, based on that admission, 
which is not the first offense is not, you know, is not um, finable or, you know, you know, pun- it's not punishable in that level. He's admitted to taking illegal drugs. I, 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 let me. You, do you want me to answer the question, or do you want to just get on your soapbox? What do you want? I want whatever you want. No, no. Answer my question. I want whatever you want. Oh, you don't. That, that, I, am, I am not married to you. That is not the line that you get to use on me. Okay. All right. So here's the answer to your question. A, he may be, which I doubt. Okay. B, what's the league really going to do? C. Has he ever tested positive? I don't know. I, you know, I doubt it. Um, he's smart enough to probably get away from not getting, not getting tested, not getting busted on this kind of thing. Cause you know how the, the testing program works. You know, it's all based on time and evaluation, right? So he's not going to necessarily get in trouble for that. So, you know, that's how the Rogers things work works, right? That's how, that's, that's how this goes. Um, I, Look, he's allowed to say whatever he wants to say. I find it humorous. I don't take it particularly seriously. You, you think it's a nothing burger? Yeah, kind of. Like, as long as he's not high during games or not coming to practice high, you know, like, you know, that he can do what he wants. I mean, again, I'm I'm a big believer in, like, they, they should open up, and certainly the cannabis marijuana program and, and you know, de- basically decriminalize that. You know, in the NFL, harder drugs. Yeah, I'd be I'd be concerned about, but you know, not marijuana. Oh no, I'm with you. I think uh, cannabis should be something instead of giving the players hard drugs like Vicodin and Percocets. I think that should be looked at and allowing the players. You think the NFL will get around to ever doing that, Jason? Because again, they'll come around. They'll come around to it. It just takes. Look, the one thing that they're uh, they're not sure about just yet that they get uncomfortable with is. Okay, I got Joe Fan in the stands, right? And he's there with his 12-year-old kid. And Joe Fan in the stands may not be particularly comfortable with drug use, and he may not really want to explain to little Joey, his 12-year-old, why, you know, this this player is talking about using marijuana. It's just that that's that's the uncomfortable conversation that they want to avoid because it makes it tough for people to be to be serious fans of the game and have the family atmosphere they want. Final question for you. So Lamar Jackson's 45 and 16 as a starting quarterback in Baltimore. Uh He led the NFL in touchdown passes. He's 64% completion percentage. And yet coming out of Baltimore, they're telling me they're revamping the offense. Well, they hired the offensive coordinator. Did they really need to revamp an offense that had really pretty good success? Um, No, not really other than do you think that that offense can win in the playoffs? No, they're all and, in one with him. Well, I mean, you know, that's the, te- the that's what the belief has to be. But, and I don't know how much they're really going to revamp the the offense, other than I think that they have to make him a more profi- efficient and proficient passer in third down situations. Like the one key thing missing in his game is, and you and I both know this. In a playoff game, you have three or four, maybe five plays in a playoff game where you got to hit a really tough pass, okay? And you got to thread it in there because you're playing against a quality playoff defense that has guys who can close a gap. The question is, can Lamar Jackson do that? And to this point in his career, the answer to that 
is no. <laughs> the so, answer to that. Yeah, the answer does, to that, you said, I believe, yeah, is no. The answer to that is he de- hasn't done that consistently in his career, is thread needles. You know, like what Tennessee did to him in the playoffs, they forced him to be a passer and, and to hit tough passes, you know, second and eight, third and eight. Hit, hit him against zone defenses where they're, he's getting stared down, and he couldn't do that. So you just you just sit there and go, okay, can he do that in that kind of high-pressure situation? To this point in his career, the answer is no. But now that they're committed to him, they don't have any choice over the next three years but to try and find out, can he actually do that? Folks, go to Amazon right down there. You see it right down here? Right the there. Bottom? Right there. My boy Shut Jason Cole right here. Great. There you go. You should have there this right, right. Hey, you should have this right next to the reading throne. It's send it, next I, to, see, send it to Baby Gronk's dad. See this right can here, you, though. Can is, you send that? Can you send that to Baby Gronk's dad? Can yes, I that? can actually. Please do that. I send can also send it to Brock Purdy too, because his father was a Hurricane, and I know he's in Jacksonville right uh, now. That's a Cane baseball player, and, and his dad kept his mouth shut. The whole his time. Has never talked. Right here? not said a word. There you go. Folks, promise you, put it next to the throne. It's tremendous reading. That's where I have this thing right here, right next to my throne, where I go in every day if I have to. You know what? There it is right there. Tremendous books. That's right. Amazon. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> Jason, thank you, my friend. Try All the right, strawberries, too, man. Walmart does uh, great ones. I love you, bro. Later. You got it. Jason Cole, please do me a favor. Hit the like button. Keep it here on the National Football Show. Imaginations run wild and time stands still because here you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. 
And if you join our Winter Watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, Birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Hi, everybody. My name's Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services, the first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Big Sills, appreciate you coming aboard. Gary Sheffield will join us tomorrow. Um, Look at the shitty quarterback class next year. So Caleb Williams, okay, I guess. Not sure what he's won. I mean, you got to beat Utah, kid. <laughs> Sounds like I'm talking about Sam Darnold again. And he's coached by who? Lincoln Riley? Okay. Half credit for Jalen. And then what else? Kyler? Okay. Baker? Okay. Underwhelming. You get half credit for Jalen. Drake May, kid from UNC, okay. Plays in North Carolina. Shows he has fundamentals. But Mitchell Trubisky, okay. I don't know. Wait, is Mitchell Trubisky? He's a Duke dude. I forgot. I can't get my basketball schools um, in order here. I forget. Is Trubisky a Carolina guy? I think I forget what he is. So Drake May, I've seen him play. I think he's good. Marvin Harrison Jr. These are guys that are Heisman candidates. Yeah, and I happen to think too, Brent. I think the kid may may actually be the best quarterback in this whole thing. Marvin Harrison Jr. is like third for the Heisman, Ohio State. Um, he's a fabulous football player. He's going to go awful high in the draft. Um, I mean, he'll probably go number two. Okay. Bo Nix is still in college. Jesus Christ. How many years has he been in college? 10. Didn't he start at Auburn? Like how many years did he, I, I could have swore he played at Auburn. Did Bo Nix play? Is that the same guy that played, um, at Auburn at quarterback? I, I mean, dude, this guy's got to be 25, 26 years old. I mean, okay, Bo Nix, right? Jordan Travis, FSU. Quinn Evers, the kid from Texas. Michael Penix Jr. from Washington, who started his career at Indiana. I mean... T.J. McCarthy, Michigan. These are, I don't know, they're not bums. But, I mean, dude, very underwhelming. 
Bo Nix is 23 years old. So, like, dude, I can't believe he's that young. Honest to God, man. I thought he played, like, three years at Auburn. Shit, this is, like, his second year, like, at Oregon? Dude, I... (laughs) Wow. Bo Nix, 23 years old. You draft a guy like that out of college? I don't know, man. Very underwhelming here. And get this, by the time the draft comes around, they'll tell you this is one of the best quarterback classes, and I'm just preparing you. Caleb Williams, Drake May, Bo Nix, Jordan Travis, Quinn Evers, and Michael Penix, and TJ McCarthy are not world beaters. I mean, I don't see it. I think the running back from from Penn State's pretty good. That kid, what's his name, Nick Singleton? I think he's a pretty good-looking back, but probably Harrison. Hey, I, I just I just put my um, All-American team together, my preseason All-American team, and um, I got Caleb as the quarterback. I got Harrison, Ohio State, Amike Buka, Ohio State also. Um, offensive line, um, I got that kid Bowers. From I think the kid Bowers is going to be a huge. I think he's going to be a big pick in the draft. I think he's top ten guy. Uh, Joe Walt, John Alt's son, Notre Dame. Um, J.C. Latham from Bama on defense. Jarverse from Florida State is going to go awful high. Um, I've got Harold Perkins, LSU linebacker, and Jeremiah Trotter Jr., Clemson. Jeremiah Trotter Jr. right now is probably in the 13 to 14 hole range in the first round. That's where he is probably right now. 13, 14. If he has a great year and Clemson has a great year, he could push himself potentially into the top 10. I can't think the last time a linebacker Hey, hey, Tone, do you remember last time a linebacker was taken in the top 10? Whew. Man, when was the last time a linebacker was taken in the top 10 picks? Man, that's also, I mean, like running backs aren't usually taken high. And BJ went in the top 10 this last April. But I can't think of a linebacker that went in the draft in the top 10 picks. Um. Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid McKinstry from Bama. I got him at corner. I got the, I got another Penn State kid. Kalen King, Penn State. I, was, I got a Miami kid at safety. Cameron Kitchens, Miami. He was an All-American last year. Then Malika Starks kid from Georgia is a great-looking player. Balen Trice from Washington is another kid to keep an eye on. Um, TJ Tremiloa from Ohio State. Boy, Ohio State's got I think Ohio State's gonna be really good this year. I think they're gonna have a really good year. They got a bunch of guys that are gonna go high. And I would this is Ryan Day's best chance, in my opinion, to knock off Michigan. Michigan's got a I think Michigan's got a kid on here. Yeah. The kid Corum. So again, I vote on the um, all American team and all the awards in college football, all of them from the Heisman on down. So Tomorrow, we will have Gary Sheffield, the owner of 509 home runs, is it? Six or nine? 
played on that 97 Yankee team. We'll talk to him, get his thoughts. His son plays in the game right now. We'll get his thoughts on Bryce Harper as well. But I, I love kind of going off the rails a little bit like we did this week here a little bit with George Foreman. I want to thank Xander, Big Joe. Thank you guys so much. All of you, we appreciate it. Tone, you are crushing it. Dude, I'd say this. If there's an award for the most improved guy, most improved player on our team, it's definitely Tone. He's absolutely killing it, man. Tone, thank you so much, man. Until tomorrow, 3 to 6 Eastern, we shall see you on the flip side.